Welcome to episode 7, season 2, Smoke and Snow. When last we left our heroes, they had been exploring the strange island now known as the Beast's Moor, previously known as the Witch Isle. During the Nights of Colourless Fire, an event for which the heroes were pretty much directly responsible, the Great Chaos Stone on the Witch's Isle, which was apparently, according to legend, set there to absorb sort of ambient magical energies, exploded in a huge cavalcade of magical energies. When it exploded, the centre of the island collapsed inwards into this seemingly bottomless chasm known as the Moor. Our heroes had been employed by Fabrio Taglaroni, who is in search of the Philosopher's Stone, after various shenanigans, they ended up on the island, where they explored the strange town of Swinsmouth, where the, the mayor seemed to have an almost sort of strange, enchanted sway over people, and very nearly convinced a couple of the members of the party to settle down there. There also seemed to be a strange number of deformities that ran rife through the people of Swinsmouth, with a a bizarre porcine bent to them. After moving on from there, they explored the lair of a mysterious, chaotic winged beast and found their goal, these odd magical spectacles with one green lens in them that allowed a person to perceive magical energies as a sort of green luminescence. Using them, they were able to follow fragments and trails of dust from the exploded chaos stone long ago down to a a tunnel that led deep into the side of the abyss that they were on and they began to explore that finding what appeared to be an ancient and long abandoned temple to one of the old gods known as the shining one they explored the many and various flooded rooms of the place they saw signs that there were perhaps creatures lurking inside, but didn't see any sight of them until, at the very end of last session, they made their way to what, for all intents and purposes, seemed to be the main centre of worship, the altar room, if you will, a room with a large statue of this sort of serpentine being, the Shining One, and what appeared to be a glimmering pool of fresh water behind it. Perhaps this could be the enchanted pool believed to house the Philosopher's Stone itself. However, the lower level of this room, before they reached the stairway that led up onto the, the raised dais, was flooded with grimy, murky water. And as they started moving towards it, they saw three large, monstrous shapes moving in the water. One of them it heaved itself out of the murk into the passageway in which they stood. It's clay-like rubbery body emerging from the water its milky eyes and gaping more staring at them as it gave birth to something which was half yawn and half roar and that is where we are going to pick up with you guys seeing this this creature heaving itself out of the water in front of you and you can see the two dark shapes of seemingly similar size sort of moving up behind it. What do you do? Uh, get behind Brock. <laughs> okay. 
Not a problem. Seems fair enough. <laughs> yeah, so um, Quentin hides behind Brock. Is that basically a single sort of corridor, that little yes, it is, yeah. join-in bit? Yeah. Okay, so I can sort of block it off, as it were. Um, yeah, I'm going to... He hasn't got any sort of spear or ranged weapons, has he? Is he just claws and, and the, teeth? The, the creature, this sort of rubbery creature with these milky white orbs as, seems to just have these long claws. It doesn't actually seem to have any tools or weapons. As you look at it, you can see like bits of dank weed and moss seemingly like either sprouting or like hanging from its body. You're not sure because this, uh, this grimy water with bits of stone and rubble in it, it's like cascading off it. It has... It maybe has a sort of a tattered bit of fur, like or hide like a, a loincloth, sort of draped loosely around its groin. But that's really it. And when it yawns, it's almost like got a like a hippo-like yawn, and you can see these sort of like chunky, quite small but quite sharp teeth in this gaping maw that easily sort of distends far larger than you would longer than you would expect it to be, almost like a snake's mouth. Okay, well, I, uh, I'm going to um, just going to move this token to where I am at the front. I'm just going to pull back slightly and yep. see if it comes towards us so that we can sort of almost gang up on it if it if it decides to come to that crossroads where we're currently standing. But I'll, I'll be blocking the corridor for now just to see if it comes forward. Okay, and it does indeed squeeze itself through the passageway. Like I say, it's its flesh appears to be sort of rubbery or clay-like as it sort of squeezes its bulk through this ferret. As it rises up and fully steps out of the water, you can see it's about 10 foot tall. It it towers over even the mighty Brock, and this water is still dripping from its greasy strands of hair. But as it moves, it's sort of like, it's like rubbing against the sides of the walls, but its flesh seems to be quite malleable like I say almost clay like and as it sort of moves towards you two more of these fearsome creatures heave themselves out of the water behind it the two behind it as you sort of like pee around it brock from where you're like more likely through its legs you see the two behind it their skin although they look very similar their skin appears to be almost like slightly translucent and you can see like the dark shapes of bones and perhaps organs underneath their skin as they sort of amble forward after, presumably, their leader, perhaps. So do they actually look injured, or they just, like, they, almost... They, they don't look injured, it just looks as though their skin is partially see-through. Just and You can different. see, like, the outlines of their bones, which mm. is not the case with the first one, but it is with the two mm. second ones. Okay. So they, they lumber forward... As they move forward, you hear one of the ones at the back, and you're not sure which one it is, but you hear one of the ones at the back uh, saying, like, a halting, rough voice, Is it tasty, my sweet? Is it mossy and scrumptious? And then they lumber forward to attack. Mm. Okay. I'm hoping they're not going to find out, to be honest. Can one of you guys roll initiative for yourselves? I'll roll for the monsters. Obviously, it's 1d6. Oh, Brock, you're in the firing line. I'm on a three. 
Oh. A one. Okay. So they're getting to go first. However, because you've taken the very wise move of sort of moving back so they can't all get at you, only one of them can attack at the moment. So let's mm -hmm. have a quick look. So he's going to be making two attacks as he's basically trying to pound into you. He's not really clawing at you. He sort of bunches his gnarled hands up into huge fists, each the size of like your head. And he's just trying to slam these fists into you. So what's your armor class, Brock? Uh, 18. 18. Okay. These are hitting with a plus seven. So I'm going to make a roll for them. So then you mm -hmm. obviously need 11 or more. So the first yep. one hits the second the second attack misses so you've only been hit by one of them and his damage is 1d10 so let me just roll that mm -hmm. okay luckily as you sort of throw yourself back out of the way you only take one hit point of damage it's just like one of his knuckles like glances the side of your face his other huge meaty dank fist slams into the side wall of this this old decrepit temple that you're exploring you feel the vibration run through the corridor as his fist like <laughs> into it and you see there's a large crack in like the, the old plaster work on the wall and the old stonework and you see a few chips of stone run down as it pulls its hand away however as he as he sort of smacks you and glances you with a blow as you sort of reel backwards to avoid the other one you glance you sort of like turn around and whoever is stood behind Brock which is I'm assuming both of you you notice that on Brock's face there where the the fist of this creature like glancing there's like what looks like a tiny like green patch on his skin like a little fuzzy green patch almost like lichen or moss perhaps hmm. okay who wants to go next um well i best go first in some sort of way what i'm trying to do is obviously taking an attack at him, but I want to just pull back enough that people can come in from the sides, but not let him through, if that's possible. Yep. Um, so I'm trying to hold him at this sort of crossroads, basically. Right, so I should take a swing at him and go for it. See if I can hit him. Oof, eleven. Okay, I'm afraid that is not enough. So you actually do strike this creature with your attack. Are you using your spear? Uh, my sword. Your my sword. sword. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So you wade forward, swinging your two-handed sword in an arc. Obviously, it's not quite the full force because you can't really get a good swing in these narrow confines. But you swing it with your redoubtable strength. It does hit this creature. But like I said, the, the flesh of them has like this strange sort of like rubbery sort of slightly viscous quality to it and your sword almost just seems to like slide down it and sort of like distend the flesh slightly and then like 
off it with a wet squelching sound and it doesn't appear to have actually caused the creature any harm hmm. who would like to go next uh, yeah guess. sure let Weimar go yeah I, I suppose Weimar would be uh, next to Brock trying to block as it were Okay, yeah. It's a bit of a squeeze, but I think, realistically speaking, you can probably both sort of like side by side in this corridor. So yeah, I've got no problems with that. Yeah, I um, I think it'll be uh, a case of doing lunges because Brock is working with a massive sword. So um, <clears throat> out comes the sun sword, ah! and uh, we we go in for a jab. With a meaty 14. <laughs> okay, that is enough to hit them. Mm. Um, nice. Right. Um, I presume they're not undead. No. Uh, so, it's going to be this. Oof. Uh, that's a nine. Okay, not a problem. So yeah, you you slap this creature with the sun sword as you pull it out, and the sort of the flames burst around the sword, and the sunlight spills out of it, and the choir of angels sing, as is normally the case with the sun sword. You see the creature; it lets out a sort of a slightly fearful moan, and sort of like. Yeah! As it like sort of tries to stumble back a bit, and you deliver it to this vicious swipe, and you said it was nine points of damage, yeah? No, nine altogether, yeah. Okay, no problems. I shall make it out of that. Okay, so yeah, you hack into this creature. You your sword sizzles and hisses. The flames seeming like a knife cutting through butter as you draw quite a significant blow on this creature. Like I say, it's sort of holding its hands up and trying to sort of seemingly get away from the sword. Now, just as a point of curiosity, because I um, heard you mention it's kind of like clay, this this front one. Does it bake in the heat? <laughs> Of the sun sword, <laughs> alas, not. Although the, although the flesh has very much the consistency of clay, it mm. does actually seem to be flesh, rather mm-hmm. rather than actual clay. Mm-hmm. But yeah. um, it's it's got sort of like quite a sort of flabby like epidermis like layer of skin, so you know it can it mm-hmm. sort of like moves and it's quite sort of like plasticky and sort of moldable. But your sword cuts through it. You see what appears to be like. You assume it's the blood of this creature, but it's like thick and like dark mm-hmm. grey, almost black. Viscous. Yeah, very viscous. It like some of it's on the end of your sword and it sizzles as it like burns off the sword and sizzling spatters of it hit the stone floor at your feet. As this creature cries out again and it's like Aah! Quentin. It's not really enough room for a missile attack. I was, was going to say, yeah, making a missile attack is going to be very, very difficult. Um, how high is the ceiling? 
the ceiling is about 15 foot high and you estimate that because you're like right those creatures are about 10 foot so yeah. you, you've got a bit of time more time to think because these guys are like blocking the way you're like right they're about 10 foot tall the ceiling's got to be about five foot over their head so it must be about 15 feet obviously you're used to like casing joints and working out measurements like this for like jobs etc in your yeah. line of work so you're like yeah it must be 15 feet Okay. I, I want to toss a uh, vial of oil over their shoulders towards the back into the other room. Yeah, make a make a, a missile attack roll. I'm going to say you only need a... You want to throw it over these like troll-like creatures. Yeah, you? yeah, over them. But bear in mind, like, the, te- the chamber is like flooded behind them, so it will like, hit the water. Yeah, that, that's all part of the plan, don't worry. So are you trying to create, like... Well, what's what's the aim of doing this? But the aim is I'm going to throw the vial in there, and then when I've got a space, I'm going to shoot the vial, because it'll be floating on the surface, yeah, so yeah, I see so like fire to the water pool. Lovely, that's what I thought. I just wanted to check. That's absolutely fine. I'm going to say make a make a melee... Sorry, a missile attack roll. You're only going to yeah. need, like, a, a roll of, like, 10 with all your modifiers. And basically, you will hit the water, but this is to see if you get it where you want it, basically. Yeah. Uh, is it d20 yeah so you're on a d20 you add your attack and you add your range to modifiers to it nine okay so i'm gonna say you actually you actually sort of misjudge the distance a little bit yeah. You throw the oil, but rather than sort of like hitting the water, it actually hits like the the stairs. Oh, as long as it smashes. That are sort of it's behind fun. them. So the, the stairs sort of like here. Yeah. And it's, it's it smashes, but most of it doesn't go in the water. It's sort of like covering the stairs. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. So, so one of you guys want to roll for initiative again, and I will roll for these malformed creatures i'm on a six three okay so they're going first again right so this creature that is at the front it's going to lash out both brock and a wymar with like one of its fists each so here we go so what's your ac again uh, brock Uh, mine's 18 and what's yours wymar 17 Okay. Make that roll now then. Okay, so Brock's been hit. And the second one. And Weimar has been missed. So Weimar, you managed to parry it off. It actually seems quite wary of you given the the sun sword. However, its fist slams squarely into Brock's chest. And I'm gonna roll for it's damage, which is a d10. And it seems like the Ice Walker toughness prevails as you only take two hit points. However, again, and this time, why am I? You notice it as well, and you probably notice it this time, Brock, it's on your chest, not on the side of your face. As Brock falls backwards, where like this fists hit him, dead square in the center of the chest, there appears to be like a little patch of like moss. Does it like sting, or I mean, obviously the hit the hit hurts, but I mean, 
Does it have some sort of lasting effect of, uh, at, the minute, at the moment? At the minute, it's just like you've got like a little furry like green patch. It doesn't appear to have caused you a, it, it doesn't yeah. feel painful, like if you prod it or anything like that. Yeah, so it's not changing anything at this current situation. So it doesn't seem to be at the moment. Right. I'll be I'll be quipping from the sides like, come on, Brock. Dodge it. You're going to be mossy and scrumptious in a minute. <laughs> okay. So who wants to go for your guys first? Uh, I'll go first again. Keep the same order. Mm -hmm. uh, yep. Yeah, so I'll take a... Oh, dear. Oh, dear. I don't like this new dice roller. <laughs> okay. So Brock tries to swing again, <laughs> but now he's got like a person next to him and this thing's pressing into him. And obviously he's just been like smacked full bore in the chest by like a 10-foot troll. He's not able to put the strength and sort of uh, aim behind this swing that he normally would. And you basically catch one of the walls with your sword as you're swinging it. A shower of sparks spray down as the sword scrapes along the stone. But because it slows your swing, it gives the thing time to sort of like shift out of the way. And your sword slams down into the stone floor again like a shower of sparks spray up in the darkness of this chamber and that's actually a good point to say like is anyone carrying a torch or anything at the minute no the sun sword probably takes care of that for the minute well, we've got the retainers got us we've got two retainers with torches and we yeah 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 but they're obviously behind us but yeah hopefully it's shedding enough light on the situation yeah. well certainly at the minute you wouldn't have to worry about it because the sun sword's like blazing away so yeah yeah as well yeah okay sorry so one more right yeah so here it goes Another stab, exact same, 14 okay. <laughs> to hit, and 8 damage. Okay. We're, we're, we're going to town today. <laughs> okay, this creature is starting to look a bit rough now. It's got like two of these deep, jagged cuts in it that are, that are sort of slowly like, oozing this black ickle that's leaking onto the stone floor. It's getting noticeably slower in its movements, but it's still it's still sort of ferociously attacking you guys, and it? it doesn't have any finesse to its attack. It's literally just flailing at you with these gigantic fists. Quentin. So we've got two retainers with torches. Yeah. And we've got the vial of broken oil behind the trolls yeah on the stairs yeah so we're going to take one of the torches and lob that over okay yeah again it's a, a ranged attack again i'm only going to say you need a 10 because you're just trying to hit like a, a large flat of stairs uh 12 in total okay yeah so you hit the the stairs they burst into flames with the oil that's like covering them you see the the red and yellow flames rising up and you smell the acrid scent of burning oil as like smoke billows off it you hear like a grunt or a groan of what might be surprise or perhaps fear from the the two creatures at the back and they stop they renew their efforts start trying to like push the other one like forward as though they're like trying to get away from the fire that's behind them so now boys we need to push them back into it Yeah, that's probably going to be uh, easier said than done, but we shall. Okay, and that oil is going to burn for two rounds. Not if we all push at the same time. 
Yeah, it's just the corridor, isn't it? I, think, I don't know if we'll be able to do that. We can try. Okay. So, initiative again, guys. I'm on a six. Right. Fertile. Oh, blimey. I was going to say fertile, lucky, but not against the six. Okay, so again, so this creature is going to... In fact, it's going to try pretty much doing what you guys have just suggested. It's going to try and... It's launching with its fists at Weimar and Brock, but this time, if it hits, instead of doing damage, it's basically trying to drive you back. So it's instead of just like, it's launching like a quick flurry of blows just to try and get you to like defend yourselves and like back up so that it can move forward because it's got these other two pushing on it from behind. So first one against Brock. Misses, so... As it sort of launches this flurry of blows, you parry them with ease, Brock. They're quite heavy blows, but you maintain your footing and you are not driven back. Okay, or the one on Weimar. Again, it doesn't appear to want to go near you, Weimar, perhaps because of the Sun Sword, and you both maintain your footing. Over to you guys. I say we all push as one motion. Um... Yeah, are we going to... Including We've got a rugby scrubber. How achievable is that down the tunnel, John? Right, well, there's there's basically three of these trolls lined up. Um, yeah. you're, they're each sort of like 10 foot tall and like fairly substantial, so they weigh a lot. And obviously you're going to be... That, two of them are already trying to push the, the first one forward. You guys are going to try and push all three of them back so i would say it's you could do it however it's going to be very very difficult i mean you wouldn't even have a chance if you didn't have so many of you but i would give you a small chance of doing it but it's only going to be a very small chance just because these things are like quite hefty and there's three of them all trying to push forward while you're trying to push them back and if we fail is that everyone's had their go if you all push together, yeah, that's going to be everyone's go. And I will tell you, if you fail, it's probably going to be resu resulting in you guys getting pushed back a little bit. Because it's effectively like a sort of, sort of strange tug of war that's going on as they're trying to push forward away from the fire and you're trying to push them back into the fire. The other option is take out the injured one and then just... Yeah, I was just going to say, is it worth trying to kill the first one? And then when there's only two of them, I think that's probably got a better chance, isn't it? Um, we'll do that then. I'm going to attack again this first one and try and take this first one down and then, then try and push the others. So I'll give a swing at it. Go for it. Hey, 23. Oh, yeah, that'll do it. Roll your damage. Uh, what is my bonus damage? Hang on. Come on, ready? It's all right now, Rose. Two, it? Yeah, yeah, six. Okay, six. Six damage. Okay, so, yep, you deliver a vicious swipe with your sword, and finally you're rewarded when you actually, like, sever a couple of the fingers on this thing's hand as it's sort of, like, obviously swinging its fist and pulling its hand back. And you see some of this black fluid spray out at the end of its seven digits. Okay, why more? <clears throat> right, so still standing. 
Yeah. The, uh, the front one. So here goes. Yeah, that'll be a, a, a 19. Okay. Roy damage. Four. Okay, this one looks extremely ropey now as you stab into it with the sun sword. You can see it sort of swaying and a couple of times it like puts its one of its hands up against the wall of this this corridor, this crumbling stone corridor, like it's trying to steady itself. But obviously it can't really fall down because these two behind it are like pushing it forwards. Quentin. I'm, I'm going to stab the one that's falling. Okay, yeah, go for it. I'll say you, I'll say you can probably like quickly like dart between them two and like. Yeah, forget it. It's a total miss. Okay, so yeah, you try and get between those two, but given that they're moving around and swinging swords, you're not able to find an opening. So on to the next round. So we're on to initiative again. Can the players get the initiative? Yeah, I'm on a four. Oh, four. Okay, so we're going simultaneously. So I'll I'll do I'll do the trolls first. Like I said, this is all happening simultaneously. So again, it's going to attack one each, Wymore and Brock. So the first one on Brock hits. Second one on Wymore hits. Okay, so on Brock. That is a three hit points of damage. And on Weimar, one hit point of damage. Obviously, a whole point. A whole point. However, it basically like scratches you with its claws pretty much. However, you do notice that where you've got this like shallow scratch on the side of your neck, as you sort of like lift your free hand to it, you feel like a strange sort of like patch of like fuzziness. Where it scratched you. And anyone else who looks over, you'll see like a little stripe of this moss on a Weimar. Similar to the ones that Brock's got on him. Okay, over to you guys. Okay, well, um, I shall try and take this one down. Uh, that's only a 12. That's not enough, I'm afraid. Why, Mom? Okay. Okay. Uh, 22. That'll do it. Uh, 8 damage. Okay, so you step forward, you slice this creature sort of across its midriff. And it, with a groan, it sort of topples to the floor, almost like slightly deflating as its sort of elastic skin just like flops onto the floor. And the troll behind it, without any sort of ceremony, one of these slightly translucent ones where you can see these dark bones and organs below the skin, just literally like tramples over the top of it in its haste to get at you. Quentin. So, is that one still alive then? No, nope. the first one's dead. First one's dead. That leaves the two behind. Indeed. I want to throw my last vial of oil to the back roof 
in the tunnel, so the oil cascades down onto them. <clears throat> nice. Yeah, again, difficulty 10 roll. That's fine. So 18 in total. Okay, so roll me a roll me a d6, and that'll be how much damage they both take. Both these two trolls take as this sort of flaming oil sort of comes down. <laughs> One. <laughs> okay. So the the oil comes down, but they're already moving forward, so not a lot of it sort of hits them. But they they both take eight points of damage. Okay, so. I believe that's everyone done for this round. So, on to initiative again. So, for the trolls, I'm on a one this time. Has Darren gone? <laughs> oh, four. There we go. So, you guys are going first this time. Four. Yep, four. <laughs> okay, go for um, it, guys. So this oil is it burning on them, or what? What was it, that? It's, it's sort of like spattered down, and it's been like, but it's burnt them a little bit, but like a lot of it missed them. So is that continuing, or is that sort of and its thing? That's, that's it done its thing. Okay. Um, so do we want to push into the corridor, or do we want to once again sort of hang back and let them come out? come to us I'd, I'd push one back into the corridor that way there's only one in front of you yeah but then it would be literally just one on one I think that's the problem we've, we've sort of got it at the mouth of the corridor so we can sort of get all of us at it or unless least... they're quite restricted in movement because there's two of them stuffed into this small corridor yeah I think only one can get S certainly at, at the time, minute where yeah. you are now only one of them seems to be able to get at you at a time like I say, the, the one that's attacking you now is literally, like, stood on the body of the other one. Right, okay. Yeah. Just deal with so, one at a time, then, I think. Yeah, I'll have to continue as it is, then, I think. Because um, the other fire's gone out as well now, isn't it? So, I'll, yeah, I'll launch a, an attack at this one. What is that, 14? Uh, 21. So... I'll do it. Oh, that's better. 10 damage. Okay. Brock finally finds his stride. He's getting the feel for it now. In, indeed, perhaps emboldened by the the death of the first troll, Weimar sort of like grinds it into the ground with his foot as he like steps on its head, swings a mighty uppercut with his huge double-handed sword and like catches the thing in its chest, sort of like driving the sword up under its ribs and then yanking it out. Again, there's a spray of this vile fluid onto the wall next to the creature as Brock sort of pulls his sword out. One more. Yeah, continuing with the um, in with the stab and then retreating because your boy Brock is swinging a, a girder piece. That, that's it. Brock's going like full barbarian, and you're sort of going more like fencing, like. <laughs> Yeah, because yeah, I don't want to get decapitated here. So, uh, here we go. Oh, need to clear all that out. Uh, 19. I'll do it. Eight damage. What's the damage tonight? Like, what? usually I'm above two. He's on four. I don't think he's missed yet, has he? 
No. no. What's happened to him? He's, 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 we've had this happen before. Uh, I don't know what it is, but sometimes Walmart just clicks somehow. Uh, this happened in the uh, the smuggler's place where they had... They it's had these s- underground caves. I yeah. think we're going to have to keep taking you to these underground well, caves. All, all, all I'm saying is, you know, you're near a temple to the old gods. The, the sun sword <laughs> was made for the solar knights. Mm-hmm. An order that followed, like, the old gods. Maybe the maybe the sword's a little bit more powerful here. Who yeah. knows? Mm-hmm. But you drive your flaming sword forward into this creature, and you see its face sort of twist in like panic and fear as the sword like slices into it with a sickening, sizzling sound, and the set the horrible smell of burnt flesh wafts through the corridor as you pull out the sword. And since one of them is down and this one's pretty injured, I'm going to make a morale check for them. That's a five, so they are fine. Okay. So, Quentin. I've got to take a lot tick, a, a lit torch and thrust it into the one that's in the thing's face. So you I'm gra- aiming you- for an eyeball. <laughs> so, so are you grabbing the remaining torch off the retainer? Yep. Okay, now bear in mind this will be like your last lit torch that they've got because you threw the other one obviously right, but we've got six more so yeah no problems so yeah you grab that off him the retainer's like he's not going to argue to be honest because he's seen what's going on up in front and he's quite he's actually quite <laughs> glad to have you guys like in front of him so you're like give me that torch and he's like yeah <laughs> yeah you take the torch what are you doing with it sorry i'm going to thrust it into the one that's in the hallway's face okay so that's effectively going to be a melee attack roll my worst attack roll. It's a total of seven, so that's a miss. Okay, yeah. You lunge forward with the with the burning torch, but since it's already sort of like rearing back a little bit to get away from Wymar's sword, you sort of come up a little bit short. However, you are sort of like extended now, so it will be able to attack you. So what I'm going to do it's five. is I'm going to roll... 3d6 no 2d6 for its attacks one two it's brock three four it's weimar five six it's quentin so the first one is a one second one is a two so they're both at brock okay so first one so now quentin's joined in he's got worse for brock (laughs) (laughs) okay chaos they love me however Given the fact that he's waving a torch around quite near you, Brock, one it's sort of like one of its swings, it sort of breaks up short and pulls away, like not daring to like go any closer because it's getting too near to this torch that Quentin's waving about. The its other hand, however, slams into you, causing a mighty three hit points of damage. Okay. Okay, and we're on to the next round, I believe. So right, I'm going to win this time. I'm on a six. Oh, you and your sixes. I've got a five there. I thought I was doing well. Okay, so the trolls again. Again, I'm just going to... Well, the troll. I'm just going to make two rolls, see who it attacks. So this time, it's one against Weimar, one against Quentin. So the one against Weimar is a hit. Oh, no, it's not, actually. So the animation stopped on a 17 and then it just went onto a 3. So uh, that's a miss. So the one on 
Quentin is also a miss. So confronted by a flaming sword and a torch being brandished with wild chaotic abandon, it actually sort of like it starts to loom forward as though it's going to make these attacks. And then at the last minute, it sort of like stumbles back to in a sort of King Kong monster movie style, like holding its hands up in front of its face to try and like shield it from the the flames that blare in front of it. Right. Over to let's, you guys. Let's pile in then. Oh, 10 damage from a 21. Nice. Okay, the second one goes down. As before, the I'm going to make a morale check for the third one. Yeah, it's fine. So it sort of, again, pushes forward over the bodies of its fallen comrades. Sort of like squashing them into the, the floor of the the stone corridor that you're in. You hear the sickening crunch of bone as it sort of like steps onto their bodies. And it moves forward. Okay, one more. So, <clears throat> what's the distance like at the minute? There's oh. maybe there's maybe sort of like five ten feet between you and it, but it's moving forward. Mm. Um, can I do a step forward lunge? Yeah. Step back. Yeah, yeah that's so, fine. I'm prepared to be a bit sort of like loosey goosey mm. with it because obviously we're not doing exact sort of like yeah. combat yeah. position. With the idea of being like take an extra step forward before the lunge and then you yeah. know withdraw because it seems to be working pretty well when me and Brock are trying to door stop this thing. So uh, that's that's what he does. However, now it's all falling apart because I moved. I shouldn't have moved. Um, Indeed, you're <laughs> as you move. In fact, you're finding it on the uneven stone floor with your peg leg. You're mm -hmm. finding it quite difficult because the floor's like quite uneven. So you actually like stumble a little bit and you regain, you manage to regain your balance so you're not in any danger, but it like throws off your thrust and you don't manage to skewer the beast. Looks like it's down to down to Quentin, the fire starter. Yeah, all right, I'll go for the same thing I did last time. Okay. Thirteen. Okay, that's not enough, I'm afraid, to hit it. And also, can you roll me a d6? If you get a one, your torch has gone out, because obviously you're waving it about a lot. Three. You're fine. Okay, so on to the next round, so initiative. Three. So three for me as well, so do you guys want to go first? Obviously, we're actually simultaneous, but... Okay, yeah. Uh, um, as it move, well, it's going to move forward anyway, yeah. isn't it? So, yeah, it's it's yeah. very much sort of charging forwards. Okay, so we're sort of continuing our sort of position where we are. Uh, that's a hit, and that's eight damage. Lovely. Yep, you continue your vigorous assault, thrusting your sword repeatedly into this foul, blubbery beast. Why am I? All right, let's 
Let's try that again. <laughs> oh, there we go. There we go. That's that's much better. Uh, 24. Okay. Position. So recovering his balance and sort of like strangely like pirouetting ground on his peg leg. <laughs> he, he thrusts out with his sword striking the creature. And how much damage did you do, Wama? Seven. We're back on forum. <laughs> okay. Lovely. So the the beast is still going. And obviously we're going simultaneously. So and it can pretty much attack all three of you now. Because obviously Quentin's in there with his torch. And you guys are attacking it. So I'm just going to roll a couple of d6s. See what it attacks. So one on Brock and one on Quentin. So the one on Brock. Absolutely misses. The one on Quentin. Hits. And you take eight hit points of damage, Quentin. Ooh. As you this as you sort of like extend yourself and swing this torch, the this sort of troll-like creature does a a lunging like uppercut, like catches you on the sort of underneath the chin, throwing you back past Brock and Weimar. You sort of roll to your feet with your practiced uh, rogues instincts and quickly recover yourself. But as you sort of move forward in the light of the, the, the guttering torch that you're holding, Brock and Weimar, if you sort of glance back, you can see that on the bottom of his chin, there's now like a patchy green bit of like moss. It almost looks like he's got a green beard. Yeah, Quentin hasn't had a go yet, has he, this round? Yeah, he rolled with his... Um, Torch. Oh, did he? Yeah. Oh. Okay, so do we run a roll initiative again? It is oh, two. I'm on, a, I'm on a five, so trial going first again. I got a roll to see if it. Well, it's only going to be Brock or Wymore now because Quentin's been sort of pushed back. Mm hmm. So first one, well, they're both against Brock, it looks like. So first one hits. Second one misses. So first one. Again, somehow, like I say, you've been blessed by the Ice Walker tribal spirits. You throw yourself to one side at the last minute and you just take a glancing blow off its fist, only taking one hit point of damage. Yeah. Over to you guys. Right, return fire. Oh, he's definitely uh, back on business. Uh, further eight damage against this creature. Okay, another mighty swing of Brock's double-handed sword. And again, this thing is like, it looks like it's having trouble like holding itself up again. It's sort of swaying and it keeps sort of like, like you see it a couple of times, it like drops to like almost like walking on all fours with like using its like knuckles to like steady itself like an ape might do. But it's still grimly hanging in there. Why more? Can you finish the beast? Let's see. Let's see. That's a 15. Okay, I do not believe that is enough. Oh, no, it is, yeah. Is that it? Okay, four. 
damage. Okay, yeah, so you score in a glancing, sizzling blow with your sword. This thing looks like it's almost dead now. You can see it's like it seems to be having trouble focusing its eyes, but it's it doesn't really need to because it's just like flailing around wildly with its fists. Quentin, however, you've rolled back to your feet. As you do so, you're sort of like lifting yourself up and rolling back round. You can see like through Brock's legs and through like the legs of this massive creature into the chamber behind. And you think it might just be the like knock you've taken or the flickering light, but you think for a few moments as you see the like flames like dying on the uh, the stairway, you think you see like something sort of like an amber colour and like gelatinous sort of slither up the stairs almost like a, a sort of pool of like gelatinous goo up the stairs and it slithers into a a small crack on the, the base of the plinth of this huge statue at the top of the stairs but then you you roll back to your feet this huge troll is like <laughs> in front of you swaying dangerously what do you do uh, i'll try and tr stab the troll okay go for it what are you using I'm using a silver dagger. Nice. That's only a 10. Okay, so you try and stab it, but again, you're not able to land a blow on it. So. It's initiative again. I'm on a 2. 5. Okay, this could be it for the troll, so it's over to you guys. Okay, let's see if we can... Uh... Finish this foul creature off. No! Not the time. He misses wildly. Indeed. Why, Mom? Let's see. Can, can, your Come on. can your recent run of luck on the D20s hold true? Yes, 17. Okay, make your damage roll. Six. Okay, and with one last mighty swing. Weimar fells the beast. It collapses onto the bodies of its fellows. It is dead. I, th I think I'd probably take a seat as well. Uh, just prop up against the uh, the wall here. <laughs> just like breathing hard. <laughs> Rest while you can, because I'm not entirely certain the next chamber's empty. <clears throat> Great. <clears throat> Wonderful. Brock, you're looking <laughs> a lot greener than you used to. Yeah, I'll be uh, scratching at this green stuff. Trying to sort of scratch it off. I'm okay. Cloth. <laughs> yeah, you you rub it, you scratch it, you you cloth it, whatever you decide to do to it. It it doesn't seem to have any effect on it. It's like it's actually like growing out of your skin, like you know that you get like body hair would grow out of your skin but it seems to be like a moss or like a lichen of some kind oh, i'm going to go to the extreme then and get an ember and try and burn it off okay so you you get a bear in mind you, you may inflict some damage on yourself doing this yeah i know okay so i'm gonna roll a a d4 well, what I could do is I could just randomly open the wrong program on my computer. Uh, let's see. Yeah, do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, you take three hit points of damage as you sort of yeah. like burn this thing like quite deep, and it does appear to burn it off. However, 
to the rest of you are looking on like he burns this uh, this moss off his chin and like he's probably going to have some scars there I'm not going to lie but as you watch over the next few minutes it just seems to like sprout out again and within like a couple of minutes he's got like a little fuzzy green beard again <sighs> and obviously we've got uh, Brock with a bit on his cheek and we've got Wymore like a patch on his chest as well this cursed place but yeah we're no longer in combat rounds guys so you're you're yep. free to act as you see fit well we'll need to uh, speak to someone more learned than us on such a such a thing unless this guy who's come with us has got any knowledge of such I turn to our uh, our companion the lord as I call him yeah so you, you turn to uh, Fabrio and he's like oh, no, no I'm afraid I've I, I've, I've never seen a creature like this I mean when they first came out of the water I thought it was a a, a troll of some kind um, I, I know they there are many different creatures that are called trolls, ogres, respectively. Uh, but uh, I, I've, I've never seen anything quite like this. And this, any sort of gestures are like the mossy patches on your this. This is something uh, I've not seen before. And he actually, he actually starts rooting around in like his little like satchel he's got on his uh, like over his shoulder and hanging at his side. And he takes out what appears to be like a small pair of like metal tweezers. And he uh, he looks at the three of you and he says, uh, "In the interests of a scientific curiosity, would you mind if I?" Uh... And he like clips the tweezers in the air. Just just a small sample. Uh... Yeah, go on. I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna do any harm. Okay, so he basically like, grabs hold of some of this moss on your cheek, and he like pulls a small bit of it out. And it's literally like someone had like grabbed hold of your beard hairs with their fingers and just yanked them out. That's how it feels. And he, yeah. he, he, he sort of takes out like what looks like a, a small like potion bottle almost, holds it out. One of his retainers like pops the cork off. He drops the moss in, puts the cork back on and puts it in his um, satchel. And you notice that over the next few minutes, like the, the moss sort of grows back into the area that he'd like pulled it from. Hmm. Okay, so you're now standing in this cracked stone corridor. Ahead of you is the flooded lower chamber of seemingly this altar room of this uh, this temple to the Shining One. Quentin said, "I think the I think the chamber up ahead might not be empty." Mm. But as you look in there, all you can see is this flooded, about sort of waist deep water in this lower chamber. A small set of stairs heading up and then there is this serpentine stone statue and behind it what appears to be a pool of water although you can't really see it too clearly at this point saw something go into that statue okay with that in mind i'm just gonna move to the end of this corridor okay. and get a torch off of uh, one of the newly lit torches off the retainers and sort of sh shine it across the water and just have a good look around to see if I can see anything in any movement. Okay, so by now, Quentin, your torch will have gone out. Yep. Will, will the waving go around? 
So that's two torches you've used. Yep. You said you had six, was it? Yes, six. Okay, so two use, and you're so the retainers get out another two. So, unlike them, Brock, you're taking one of those lit torches. That's absolutely fine. They don't make any move to stop you, obviously, like, like they could. Yeah, it's only while we're looking around, and then I'll hand it back, obviously. But yeah, can I see anything? Uh, any movement or anything in this water? Okay, I don't know how deep it is. I say it's about waist deep. Oh yeah, waist deep. Although probably not waist deep to you, but to like a normal person, it's waist deep. But um, as you shine the the torch around, at first you you don't see anything. There's a lot of like stone dust and uh, filth, presumably from those creatures you've just killed, in the water. But as you sort of like move it around, you know, you just like stir the water with like the edge of your sword, etc. You see the the telltale glimmering of silver and gold below the water. Hmm. And does it look look like coins or difficult to tell because of like all the like, oh, okay. rubble in the water? But you think probably yeah. I'll I'll uh, use my sword to sort of you know move it around. Yeah, you, you move it around, and from the sort of like feel of how it moves, it basically feels to you like the bit of the floor that you're touching is carpeted in coins, and you see like a glimmer of like silver and gold as you sort of like stir it with your sword. Okay. Um, what's yeah. The All right. I'll reach. I'll reach down and try and sort of scoop something up in my hand. Yep, you, you reach down with your hand and you come up with a a handful of gold and silver coins. Okay. And it seems to be covering the whole of this sort of chamber, the water. Yeah, it seems. It seems, and this is just a, a supposition on your part, that perhaps this this part leading up to where this like raised dais, this raised altar area is, is where like offerings were like left by the faithful. And obviously now it's been sort of flooded, but it looks like many of the sort of offering, the votive offerings that were left are still here, sort of carpeting the floor of this flooded area. It doesn't, you can't see like a carpet of gold and silver on the raised bit, but it seems like this entire sort of flooded area is like blanketed in like a thin coating of gold and silver coins. So do we want to collect those up or do we want to do it on the way back or... They were on the way out as far as. Yeah. Okay. I could annoy these old gods. Okay. Um, and you say you saw something in this statue, you said? Something went into that statue, so I'm going to go and have mm. a look. Okay, well, I'll, uh, I'll go along with Quentin with his torch. Okay. Staircase. Obviously, I'm relying on whoever's carrying a torch to sort of track how long the torch has been burning for, effectively. But obviously, I'll let you know when like a turn has passed. I'm just trying to look at how long a, a torch lasts. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll keep a record of it. That's all right. Da, 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 da. Torch burns for one hour. A turns ten minutes. So it's six six turns a torch will burn for. So one one turn has passed with you, like moving into the room, investigating the coins, and going up to look at the statue. Okay, 
so you move up with the torch of the statue you don't see anything obviously untoward about the statue it's a large must have been almost like uh, like it's been sculpted out of marble it's like a white stone with veins of a slightly darker hue running through it but it's cracked and worn by time it appears to depict this great sort of coiled serpent with the head rising up at the top and it's like got this large sort of a snake-like head looming out of the top of it but around the sort of like the head part of it is like this frill of very well carved like feathers that sort of extends like part way down the sort of raised neck of this snake as you look you see it's on like a, a large stone plinth a large block of stone but you can see like the the plinth appears to have fared quite badly and there's like lots of cracks and chips and there's like deep cracks running along the bottom of the plinth something went into one of them things it was like a golden ooze yeah is it worth us like trying to put the torch in one of these cracks and see if it reacts or do we just give it a wide berth or just being aware of it don't really know is that pool behind it obviously lower again or it's it's slightly lower yes it's like a it's like an actual pool it appears to have been constructed it's not just like a flooded area but it, oh, right. it, it is obviously like sunk into the plinth but it's all man-made rather than Indeed. the rest of it. Looks more flooded, yeah. And as you uh, as you hold up the sort of torch in that direction, that I get a better look at the pool behind it, you can see that unlike the murky, filth-encrusted waters of the lower part of this antechamber, the water in the pool appears to be crystal clear to the point where you can see the bottom of the pool. It goes down sort of like about 10 feet to the pool, about 10 feet deep. Uh, there doesn't appear to be anything in the bottom of it. There's what look in the flickering of the torchlight. There's what looks to be like the remains of like a mosaic of some kind that again appears to depict like a sort of serpentine creature with feathers, but like a lot of the sort of like mosaic tiles have like chipped or sort of like come come off and peeled away. Well, I should just move past this statue then and. Uh... I'd say just give it a bit of a wide berth as much as possible and get everyone past it whilst keeping an eye on it. Stay there and I'll go and check the sides of it. Okay. So. Okay, so another turn has passed for your torch. Okay, so yeah, you move around the, the sides of the, the pool. What are, you, what are you looking for, Quentin? Uh, in particular, any form of archway doorway um okay you can see that off to the off to the the east here there is like yeah. another sort of like cavernous like passageway leading away and since you'd be able to look down it i'm gonna reveal a little more of that just give me a moment
Okay. Okay, you just have to ignore that uh, that sort of stripe down it. I'm not sure what's going on with that. It's fine, yes. But um, yeah, you can see it's a, a more natural like sort of passageway that appears to a appears to sort of split off. Okay, I'll go back to rock, and uh, we can call the other ones forward. I think there was nothing, nothing in the top sort of northwest corner. That's just yeah, that's just, just part of the chamber. It's yeah. just part of the chamber. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's um. We sort of usher all the rest of the group past this statue, and I'm going to sort of stand in front of it with this torch, just keeping an eye on it um, in case anything appears after our previous sighting. Okay. Just try and go around it and head to the east. Okay. Yeah, not a problem. So you start making your way around it and heading towards this passageway. And then I'll obviously follow up and hand a torch back to uh, one of these retainers. Yeah, no problem at all. You move into this slightly more natural passageway, as I've described. Why, well, are you getting any feelings on which direction we need to be going? Mm, not particularly, no. Uh, I, I do think that we need to be relatively close to get any kind of... Uh, I suppose in the moment. Oh, are we getting any better readings from this um, spike? Well, it's not a spyglass, the pair of spectacles. Does that give us any sort of direction? What, what are you... Obviously, you're, presumably you're not walking around with them permanently on. What, no. What is, what is it you want to look at with the spectacles? Well, it's like literally look up one corridor and then look down the other corridor and see if there's a stronger... Um, this dust or essence or whatever it's... Okay, trail. You, you look down the corridors, you see the sort of general like specks of this phosphorescent like green dust that seems to be like, endemic to to this part of the moor. However, as you like you sort of turn around with them on Brock and you look behind you, you can see like almost like a beam of like green light coming directly out of the pool. What the the man made sort of pool. Yeah. Yeah. Like a pillar of light actually Indeed. coming out of the middle of it. Yep. All right, well, I'll show the others then. Be um, prepared to yank me out. I'm going to go and stand in. Okay, so you head back to the pool, Quentin. Yep. As you're sort of looking into it, now you're sort of looking into it in more detail, you can see this mosaic pattern depicting a serpent as I described previously, and you can see that it's like almost like one of those Aztec sort of like side-on sort of style mosaics. And as you yep. look at it, you can see that the the eye of this serpent appears to actually be like a chunk of green stone. 
and you can also see what appeared to be some glyphs sort of carved into the the bottom of the mosaic okay so I'll, i will try and read the glyphs okay let me know if you succeed 80 percent chance yeah there's a d percentile option in the dice thing yeah Okay, yep. You you puzzle out the hieroglyphs and it says, If you be a true worshipper of the great serpent, then drink full deep of his majesty. But beware, O false prophets or greedy seekers of power, for the gods of winds will show no mercy. Okay. Does anybody believe in the great serpent? <laughs> I think in the distance there's <laughs> Malcolm's voice. I do. Ha, 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 <laughs> you, you guys. Uh, uh, Fa Fabrio says, "Oh, just the, uh, the, the, the great serpent. Uh, that's a, uh, that, that's one of the many names used for the, uh, the old god known as the, the, the shining one. If I'm correct, well, that would make sense given that it's a, a temple to the, to the shining one. And yes, the shining one was supposed to have." Dominion over the harvests and winds and life force and such other things like that. And is is this green gem? Is that what we're looking for? You you lift up the glasses because obviously your boy Fabrio is not like seen through the glasses. But you like look through the glasses and yeah, this beam of light's like now you're looking down into the pool. It's coming like directly from this gem and it's like, up into the air. Hmm. But does it, he doesn't know what it looks like, does he? No. He's, no. It, you get the feeling that although he's done all this research, it's probably been like legends and sort of stuff like that. So he's never had like a picture or like an accurate description of this this philosopher's stone besides the fact mm. that like, oh, it's going to heal all ills and cure the sick and stuff like that. Is the... um, Sorry, the Shining One's chaotic, isn't it? Well, it's... It's it's debatable. I mean, obviously these these things are gods, so they're sort of like a, a little bit above that sort of thing. But um, mo most of the old gods weren't exactly what you'd call lawful. I mean, they followed their laws, but by the standard of like your society, they'd probably all be considered chaotic. Because because they were like things like oh yeah, like sacrificing someone to like scatter entrails on a field to like get a good harvest. Yeah, crack on. Well, we've got him here. Should we let him go and get this gem out of this thing? Or ask if he wants to get it. As you're saying that, Fabrio like turns to his like two retainers and he's like, "You heard them, boys. Get get in that pool and and get that gem out." At which point the retainers are like looking a little bit uncert uncertainly at each other, given everything that's occurred. And he's like, go on, that's what I'm paying for you for. Go on, get in there. And they sort of slightly nervously lower themselves into the pool. And you see them sort of pull it from their pack. They pull out like a couple of crowbars and they start trying to like prize this gem out of this uh, mosaic. 
after a few moments another turn has passed on your torch mm -hmm. after a few moments they do indeed prize this gem out and like i say it's a sort of dark greenish it almost looks like a like a dark greenish like mineral and they sort of they pull it out and lift it up out of the water obviously one of them's had to go under the water i'm gonna make a roll to see if he if i get a one he like swallows some of the water one is down there so let's have a quick look no so he's fine okay so yeah he comes up from the water holding this gem in his hands sort of holds it out to fabrio who is sort of like doesn't take it straight away he's like peering at it with his eyes wide with the the joy of discovery as he's sort of peering at it and he's like muttering to oh this is marvelous i've, I've never seen anything like it this this could be it and he's sort of almost like talking to himself more than he is to you guys um i'll lay a hand on the the pommel of the sun sword and i'll i'll think at it is is this thing that they've just pried free is this significant do you know the 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 voice of the the sun sword echoing in your head says uh well yes there's there's definitely some power in it uh, it it could be a, a fragment of the of the chaos stone but uh how it got set into that mosaic i've no idea since this place has obviously seems to have been long disused and the the chaos stone only exploded during the nights of a uh, colorless fire from what people have been saying As you're saying that, there's a scream from the man who's holding the stone, and he falls to his knees. I guess I I, I think at the speed of thought, uh, at the sword, <laughs> I suppose we're about to find out what's going on with the stone. Sorry, what was that, Yanis? Yeah, so I, I think... At the, uh, the the speed of thought, uh, as we see this going on at the sword, uh, I think uh, I suppose we're about to find out what's going on with the stone. Uh, as as I try and get a look at what's going on with the person. Okay, he falls to the ground, like clutching his head. He drops the. He was sort of like half climbing out of the pool. He's dropped the stone. It's fallen by the side of the pool. Uh, he's still like rolling around, like holding his head, like he's having like the world's worst migraine. He's not holding it anymore, but he's still got this pain, obviously. Yeah. Mm. Well, I don't think there's much I can do to. Does, does it look like it's curing anybody? Anyone who looks at the, the man who's rolling around holding his head, you notice that what appeared to be six sort of like slits or s almost like scars of like, like appeared on his head, at the top of his head. And as you watch with like a, these slits open up and you see underneath them like green eyes, like human eyes, six of them 
covering his head. Kill him? Um, yeah, I, I exchange a very <laughs> meaningful glance with with Brock if he's looking at all up from this mess, mm-hmm. and and <laughs> right next to us, I guess Quentin is giving the suggestions. The 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 unfortunate man again lets out a scream, and he's like, "What's going on? I I I, I can see behind me." Kill him! Kill him! Kill him! Well, he's still he's still with us at the minute. Uh. Is is not turning into one of these creatures that we've encountered, like these shapeshifter type lizards. It, it doesn't seem to be. It's just like no. six like new eyes, all green, like human looking eyes, have just like appeared on his head, like opened up in his skull, and not obviously and from he, his shouts, like he can see through them, like you would do normal eyes. And he's sort of and as, he's like on his knees now, and he's like. As as he stopped sort of screaming with pain, is it like done what it's doing, sort of thing? He has stopped screaming with pain. You're not sure whether that's because the pain's abated, or whether like the sort of rush of sensory information from these new organs has just like overwhelmed him. Because he's like he's like staring sort of like madly from like his normal eyes, and he's like he keeps like moving his head around like hmm. with a look of mixed fear and wonderment etched on his face. I mean, I will definitely have my sword ready. I'm going to go and put the stone back. How do you pick it up? Uh, wrapped in cloth with my gloved hands. Good skills. Yep, you pick it up. You're absolutely fine. You you go back under the water. You just diving back under the water. Yeah, just dive straight down. Put yep. it back where it's you dive back. straight down and you... There's like a little sort of like depression where the eye is that it fits into fairly snugly, and you just like put it back in, no problem. Yep. You see, like Fabrio's like he seems to be like torn between sort of like obviously the one minute the excitement of like oh we found the philosopher's stone, and then like shock and horror at what's happening with this guy, but also you see like a bit of sort of interest on his face that you know. It's a curious new phenomenon that he's not experienced before, and he's sort of he's slowly taking a couple of steps towards the retainer who's still on his knees. Like, yeah, I'm keeping a close close eye on him in case he transforms further or does any sort of nasty moves towards attacking anyone. Or Fabio sort of like moves behind the guy, so like he's facing the other way, and he's sort of like. He says, oh, my, my good man. And he holds like his hand like that behind the guy's head. And he's like, how many fingers am I holding up? And the, the guy who's like looking the opposite way, so only the eyes on the top of his head can see. He says, oh, two. He's like, Fabio's like, this this is wondrous, strange. The, 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 the presence of the stone in contact with his flesh appears to have transmogrified him in some way. It's... It's improved his his senses. The all right. The, the man sort of who's on his knees, the retainer, tries to like stand up, but he sort of like lurches and like falls to one knee, as though he like it's thrown like his depth perception off. He sort of gets up and he like staggers like he's on a boat, and then he like falls to one knee. And you see like as you as he sort of leans down, you see like these six eyes on the top of his head. 
and they occasionally like they'll like blink like normal eyes would but like say the um the sort of the iris the colored part of each eye on his head is like emerald green Our mm. witchcraft yeah lands like there's some demonic sorcery here my husband you mark my words Yes, we should not be touching this this green stone. Land says, uh, my husband, should we allow this wretch? And she sort of gestures with like, the point of her own sword in like, this kneeling guy's direction. We allow this wretch to continue with us. Who knows what, what perilous spirit is in now. This dark influence has got its claws into him. It could be a danger to all of us. Yeah, Brock's thinking that over at the minute. I'm just going to go and kill him, I think. <laughs> okay, well, if you choose to kill him, like he's not really in a, a position to like put up much of a fight. He's like on one knee, like, with no depth perception. So if you want to dispatch him, Quentin, how do you do it? With my assassin's dagger. So you're literally just walking up behind him and like... Yeah, just, just slice his throat. Yeah, you, you walk up behind him, you start reaching out with your dagger, and as you do, without turning around, he sort of like just reaches out and like grabs your hand. So like behind him, obviously having seen you through his other eyes. Now, if you want to try and just like shrug him off, you can make like a strength check to just like... I could try. Yeah, so roll a d20 if you get equal to your strength or under. Fine. I got a two, so that's definitely underneath my strength. Yep, so he puts his hand out to try and grab, but he's still like a little bit disorientated and his depth perception's off. And you just sort of like knock his hand to one side and <laughs> draw your assassin's blade across his neck. He gurgles a bit as blood runs down his chest, sort of falls face forwards. The, the eye's still winking unnervingly on the top of his head. He jerks spasmodically for a few moments. And then lies still, a pool of crimson spreading out below him. After a few moments, the eyes on his head all close. But they're still there. Not having that. No. Fabio looks like he, he doesn't really want to argue with you guys. It's like he's stuck here with you and he's not really like capable of fending you off. And he's like, but under his breath, he's like, oh, such a, such a waste. Think, think of what we could have learned. I've seen another turn. What is the knowledge when you're dead? Oh, well, I suppose so. Another turn's pass for the torch. Um, well, it's there if you want it. But um, we shan't be taking it. It says, well, uh, your, your dagger-happy friend there, and he sort of points at uh, Quentin, was was capable of carrying it with gloves and proper precautions, and it, it has not affected him. Well, like I say, I gesture to the pool. It's there if you want it. He, he, he turns to it. He turns to his retainer, like he's, and he's like, and the retainer's like, mm -mm -mm. he's like, look, I don't care how much you pay me, Mister Tagliaroni. After I've seen that, I ain't getting in that pool and not getting that stone out. And he's like, oh well, if you want the job doing, and he, he sort of 
goes into the pool and very gingerly sort of lowers his head under. I'll make a roll, see if he takes any water in. He doesn't. He goes under the pool. You see him, he's like put his gloves on as he sort of goes up there. He takes his like, some sort of like, uh, it must be like a book cover or something out of his, uh, like a leather book cover, a cloth book cover out of his um, pouch. You see him like wrap it around the stone. He like, pulls it a little bit and then sort of pulls it out of the mosaic, wraps it up in this book cover in his gloved hands, comes back up to the surface, heads over to the side where he's like put it, put his satchel and all his goods next to it and he like stuffs it into the satchel. He's like, there we go, look, I don't seem to have suffered, <laughs> and he spits out a bit of water, I don't seem to have suffered any ill effects. Uh-huh. It would seem that uh, it requires direct uh, flesh-to-stone contact in order for whatever happened to that poor fellow and he gestures at the, the dead body to occur. But if this is, if such a wondrous thing can be found here in this this ruined place. I mean, I I must say I have my doubts as to to whether this is the philosopher's stone itself. After all, it's this pool appears to have been purposely constructed to house it, and we know that the the the, the chaos stone exploded long after this place has, has fallen into the ground. But think of what further further wonders could lie ahead in this. And he gestures at the the sort of like stone cavern to the east. What further wonders we might find in there. This oh, yeah, this the could be the making of all of us. Years. Yeah, we've we've seen some of the wonders of the uh, the chaos monolith as was. Well, we'll need to be really careful now. Well, yes, of course, but that's why I. That's why I secured the services of you fellows. Hmm. Let's let's push on. Let's get out of this chamber. Um, we still haven't decided which way we're going, have we? Uh, let's go up. Okay. As you say, that Fabrio was like, uh, while I was under the water, uh, there was some. Uh, there was some sort of writing uh, below the uh, below the mosaic. So something about uh, drinking deep of the of the serpent's uh, lordliness or something. Uh, perhaps this was some sort of baptismal pool or something, a healing pool or something similar. It said, "Yeah, only drink the waters if you believe." Oh well. Well, I can't say I have any great faith in the old gods. I'll, I'll give you that. And, and given the fact that that gr- bloke grew six eyeballs, I wouldn't go drinking the water if you don't believe. Yes, that's probably a good point, Quentin. Probably a good point. Stone has probably contaminated that water with the same foul magic. So let's let's move on. Okay. Yeah. So you you head through this branching cavernous more sort of like natural cavern uh, it spaces slopes slightly down and then it splits into two branches the floor is uneven and jagged covered in sort of crumbling rocks and you see some sort of little like stalagmites and stalactites as you move 
why do you want to head to? Up. So we're going to go up here. Yeah, we'll go to that corner, can't we? Okay, no problems. So to the north of you is the, the corridor appears to, for want of a better term, appears to continue. And at the end here, it actually seems to like slope down quite steeply. The corridor doesn't end there. You can see it appears to actually lead down like much deeper into this, this part of the mall so to speak do we see water in that direction since it's going down you don't see any water in that direction now oh. i think uh if we find the stone on this level we'll be the luckiest fuckers in the world and obviously i'll put those three arrows there at the end of that just so you know it's going down rather than being an end of a corridor yep so do you want to explore the giant cavern? Yeah, I think we should yeah, discover what we've uncovered before we continue. Okay, so another turn has passed on your torch. Don't forget the Eddie Burner for six turns before going out. That's fine. Okay, so you enter into what appears to be a large, echoey, huge cavern again, stalagmites and stalactites. This sort of dull grey black rock that appears to be the natural sort of rock of this island you have a look around in this chamber which again takes another turn however you don't find anything untoward in here beyond the fact that it's this large echoey cavernous chamber however since you've had a look around i'll reveal some more of the area beyond so we'll uh We'd light a new torch at the end of that because obviously they'll run out and uh i think we'll just keep one torch going for now but keep one like out ready so if we do encounter anything we can light up another one to sort of back us up okay that's fine so so you're basically like lighting up like your fourth torch now so you've got like another two like yeah. in reserve yeah i've got some as well but yeah, yeah. Reveal a little bit more. There we go. Whilst we're in this cavern, I'm going to turn to the Lord. Yep. Did you swallow any of that water? Okay. No, I don't think so. Because some came out your mouth. He's like, well, uh, that that uh, a little bit of it got in my got in my whiskers. Oh, I haven't shaved for a few days. Well, no, that, I didn't swallow any of it. I was more just sort of blowing it out of my um, my moustache and my beard. I've got my eye on you. He's like, well, given what's just occurred, I should jolly well hope so. Okay, what do you guys want to do? 
Um, do we want to do to the south first and sort of try and clear all the that direction first? Well, everything behind us probably is better than everything in front of us. Yeah, let's check to the south first. Okay, feel free to move yourself, so I'll reveal a little bit more. Yep. Obviously, uh, another turn has passed. Mm -hmm. So, as you head southwards, again, you reach a fork in the path. You notice that this path here, again, appears to be sort of like descending quite sharply, whereas this one appears to head into another cavern to the south you notice as you're sort of as you're heading south it's like the air to the south of you coming from this cavern appears to be a little bit damp or like moist and there's a, a smell of sort of damp vegetation or like rot coming up from the the cavern to the south and you can hear like the drip of water somewhere to the south of you Mm. What so south and then hopefully we end up looping back on ourselves. Yeah. We should we should go and check it out just to be sure. Okay, so another turn passes. <clears throat> so you head into this cavern and as you head in there it's full of moss and fungi and there's really this now this very pungent smell of damp vegetation water appears to be dripping from the the stalactites on the ceiling and as you sort of like look around you can see that dotted amongst this vegetation overgrown with moss and fungi appear to be the remains of numerous animals and humans sort of strewn around some are fairly recent some are a little more than bones but all of them have like moss and uh, fungi growing on them I don't see the moss look doing as much favours. No. I think we just pass through here <clears throat> as quickly as possible. Okay. Just see if that joins up. As you as you move through, like the whole of this cave is like carpeted with like a thick spongy layer of moss. It's quite quite odd to walk in. It's almost like walking on like a thick carpet. And as you walk across it occasionally like a little sort of cloud of like spores or like a little like misty cloud rises up from the moss. Cover your mouths. <clears throat> yeah, we'll do that. Get some cloth, cover my mouth. Yeah, yeah, not a problem. Hold your breath as best as possible going for it. <clears throat> yep, you do so and it doesn't appear to, to do you any any harm at all um, as you're sort of looking around like say you can see these like animal and like human bodies dotted around most of them are almost entirely like buried or like covered in this moisture you know, occasionally you see like a bit of bone sticking out or like a sort of skeletal hand or like a, a, a rotted arm or whatever sticking out of this carpet of moss hmm. I wonder if it's anything to do with those creatures <coughs> we encountered Okay, so you're just moving through. Yeah. 
problem. Okay, so as you move through it, you see a, a much sort of narrower passageway, which you sort of do a bit of like mental arithmetic in your head and you think you must be passing under one of the passages you saw earlier from the uh, the temple. So effectively, this passageway here goes under this passageway here. I might, if you use the sword as a torch whilst I go ahead because it's getting narrow. Mm. Right, it'll, uh, it'll it'll let anyone who is there to hear uh, know that we're coming, so. I got you, but we can't burn through torches mm. like this. Ah. Yeah, Wama pulls out the torch, there's the normal like choral flourish. The flames lick on the edge of the sun sword and it sheds this daylight in a wide radius. Okay, then I will go to the bend of this narrow passageway. Okay, no problems. So you head to the bend in the passageway. As you get there, it appears to connect to a small chamber which is strewn with filth and detritus. You sort of are you moving stealthily, Quentin, or I assume you yes, are. yeah, as slow as possible. Yeah, make make your yeah, move silently roll. Sixty-five and roll is seventy-seven. Okay, so obviously you you don't know you failed the roll, so no. you you move forward as described previously up to the edge, and as you get to peering into this chamber, it's filthy, strewn with dung, bones half rotted furs and like bits of like chewed moss there's like cracked bones and like one of the remnants of crude meals scattered about and in the center of this chamber is another one of these troll-like creatures you fought previously it appears to be sort of like squatted amidst the the remains of this filth and these furs and as you sort of like creep forward, it obviously hears you. It looks up, lets out a roar, and charges towards you. So, Quentin, can you roll me initiative? D6, I'm on a four. Five. 
Okay, so you get to act first. What do you want to do? Run. Okay, yeah, so you're running back to the others. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah, so you, you run back to the others. You can hear this creature behind you. As you... So you guys have just seen Quentin sort of head off and he's like, all right, I'm just going to pop ahead to investigate. Like, keep, keep keep that sun sword on the boil. He disappears off. Then you, from down this sort of narrow corridor, you hear this bestial roar, which again is quite easily identifiable as being similar to the creatures you've just killed. And then you see like Quentin like speeding back down this passageway. Do you like say anything or shout anything as you're like running in, Quentin? Yes, it's not one of them moss things. And indeed, just the one. Just one. As Quentin sort of bursts in, like behind him, you see this another one of these creatures sort of squeezing itself through this narrow corridor. This one doesn't have the like translucent skin. However, as it sort of like grabs hold of like the edge of the cave to like heave itself in, you can see that unlike the others that had the sort of like five fingered like clawed hands, this one it's like its fingers have sort of fused together, so each hand has only like three fingers on it. They look sort of quite thick and like clumsy, but they've still got rather than having claws, they've just got like square shaped like nails encrusted with filth on the end of them. As it like grabs hold of it, it's like as it like heaves itself into the cavern. Yeah, well if we if we back up into the room we can surround it, can't we? Make yeah, sure. Yeah. Is that what you want to do? Well, I think we can take it down a lot quicker if land can get in and everybody. Okay, so it's one of you guys want to roll initiative. I'm on a fall. You might as well carry on. Since you're winning. <laughs> one. Oh. <laughs> okay, so the troll's going first. So we in this combat, we've got Brock, Wymore, Quentin, we've got the two retainers, we've got Lan, and we've got Taglaroni. Okay, so I'm going to roll for it, because it's just flailing around. I'm just going to roll for each of its attacks, see if it hits. So the first one is against one of the retainers. The second one is against Weimar. So the one against the retainer hits and it just demolishes the retainer it just like hits him in a wanna and obviously he's, he's like a level zero like warrior so it just like annihilates him you hear like a loud snapping of bone and he is thrown backwards like a limp ragdoll as the the last of taglaroni's retainers perishes so the one that's attacking weimar hits and that is four hit points of damage to you, Armor. As this sort of three-fingered clumsy hand just like smashes into the side of your head. Okay, it's over to you guys. This thing's pretty big, so you can like you can all get at it. Yeah, we'll we'll, t we'll tell the other guy to back off. Oh, tag around um, Yeah. Yeah, no problem. Back off towards that other corridor. He's like he's like he doesn't stop saying, he's like, no, no, <laughs> He doesn't waste any time like backing off, put it that way. And then, uh, yeah, we'll try and surround it so it can't sort of get past us. 
Yeah, no, best as possible. Fine. So we've now got Brock, Weimar, Quentin, and Lamb surrounding him. Obviously, the stats for Lamb are on the retainers worksheet on the spreadsheet. Brock, so you can use that. Yep. Um, I don't know if you want to back off as well, Quentin. I'm bit fairly of... bucket at the minute. Yeah, that's what I meant. If <laughs> we could try and sort of triangle. I'll shoot it. You just leave me an opening. Yeah, so. Yep, so Quent Quentin. Obviously, we're all doing like moves, but it's fine. So, like, Quentin sort of backs up out of like arm's reach of this thing, you know, again, it's like crossbow out, whatever he's going to use. So, in combat range with it now, which is a Brock, Weimar, and Lan. Yeah. Let's sort of try and form a triangle sort of around it. Yeah, that's absolutely fine. It, it appears rather like the others to be sort of operating on a very sort of instinctive bestial level like it's just basically hitting whatever's closest to it so you three being closest to it it's not going to be like i'm going to ignore these three and go for that guy over there it's probably just going to wail on you three first okay okay so go for it you got you guys effectively done your moves but you still get your attacks okay uh, i shall i shall roll mine first uh that is a hit for, well, I assume it's similar on my classes yeah, yeah. before, yeah. but um, that's nine damage. And then I'll do land as well while I'm okay. at it. Uh, let me just check land. I think she's plus two. Yeah, that's only 11, so I assume that's a miss. It is indeed. However, okay. the mighty swing of a Brock damages the creature, so driving it back a couple of paces. Over to you guys. Uh, right, can I reach the uh, uh, troll? Indeed. You guys are like, surrounding it? Nah, nah, I can't. <laughs> okay, so obviously getting into position has taken you a little bit longer than you anticipated. Yeah. But we've still got Quentin with his uh, ranged attack. Yep, one crossbow for a minute. Now, obviously, normally you'd be in danger of potentially hitting an ally, but this thing's ten foot tall, so that's not yeah, really, that's not really an issue. Over them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> so that's not really a problem in this circumstance. I didn't hit anyway, so it's only a seven. Okay, yeah, your crossbow bolt flies past it. So, next round, initiative again. It's mm -hmm. a three for me. It's a three for me. Okay, so we're going simultaneously, but do you guys want to go first? Uh, we can do. Yep. Yeah. Alright. Oh, no. And land 14. Just enough. Oh, okay. And that is... 6... Six damage. Okay, so Brock goes in with what looks like an attack, and as the troll sort of swings towards him, he sort of faints to one side at the last minute, and then Lan comes in from the other side, like double teaming him, drives her sword into its side, and it howls in rage and pain. As again, you see this black ichor dribbling down its semi gelatinous flesh. Why more? What do you no. do? No. 
Okay. <laughs> Not hit is what I'll it, do. It, it would appear that now you're outside the auspices of the temple. Perhaps the 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 look of the D twenty gods has forsaken Weimar, and he he swings with no effect on the creature. I think it's the the we mossy ground. The go back to the temple. My powers are weak. Quentin, I'm fading. Oh. Uh, the darkness is taking me. <laughs> go for it. Fourteen. That'll do it. Three hit points. Okay. So as you're sort of like you're swinging and you're you're sort of like you realize you've overextended yourself. Why am I when you're like pulling back from your lunge? So just past your ear, there's a and a bolt like sinks into the creature's chest. It snarls and like sort of slaps it like that, snapping the the bolt out of its chest. But again, there's like a thin rivulet of this dark ichor running down its chest. Okay, so I'm going to do the the troll attacks now. So it's going to be either Brock, Wymore, or Lance. I'll see if it's going to attack. Oh, they're both against Lamb. Okay, so first one hits. Second one, what's our AC for Lan? Uh, it's 15. Oh, he's just missed with the second one, so it's only one hit on her. Okay. She takes three hit points of damage as she's like smashed in the side by this troll as it sort of vents its fury at the, the stabbing she gave it. Next round, initiative again. I'm on five. Hmm. Two. Okay. Let's see how the troll attacks. Okay, they're both on Wymore. First one misses. Second one also misses. Mm. So it fla it flails at you, Wymore, and you you de despite your your lack of mobility in certain areas, you deftly avoid the clumsy, three-fingered grabbings of this horrendous creature. Over to you guys. Oh, yeah, let's attack back. Oh, that's definitely a hit. Uh, five damage from Brock's attack. Okay. And let's see if Lan can double-team. Oh, yes. Oh, a measly one. Okay, so perhaps spurred on by anger at his mate being so slapped around by this foul beast, Brock swings his mighty double-handed sword, cleave, almost cleaving one of the arms of this creature. It's like hanging uselessly down by its side, although it sort of swings it back around as like a snap of its like joints going back in and you see it like flexing its clumsy fingers while it's doing that land leaps up and scores a shallow cut down its side again okay who's next why well yeah i guess i'll i'll go oh no the turns have tabled um a 19 yeah, that's enough. And that's an 8 damage. Okay. 
Well, you are getting near the temple again. <laughs> okay, so Weimar lunges forward and he stabs this creature directly through the chest where the heart would be on a human. It sort of looks down almost dumbly as though it doesn't really realise what's happened. And then with his good foot, Weimar lashes out and like kicks it off the end of his sword. It staggers for a few moments, swaying, and then it falls backwards with a loud <laughs> and collapses to the floor, lying still. Okay. <clears throat> Did that one leave any mossy residue? A anyone it hit would have had like a mossy residue on it, yeah. Yeah, it's land. <laughs> Indeed. You can see that on her side, she's now got like a patch of this green moss. She probably wears it better than I do. <laughs> this year's hot fashion accessory. Um, what else was in that that room? Or did you not get a chance to? Um, shit. Lots, lots, lots of shit. Oh. I, I love that when he's like, yeah, yeah, what sort of shit? No, 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 a actual shit. <laughs> um, but I think that does lead, lead back to the temple. Okay. So there's now hopefully definitely nothing behind us. Okay, that's good. Um, at this point, can you all roll me a d6 and let me know what you got? D6. Uh, da, da, da. Five. Okay. Five. Four. Okay, okay. so Weimar and Quentin only. As you're, as you're sort of obviously still in the light of the sun sword, like casting its glorious radiance over everything, as you sort of step over this troll to like continue your exploration. You you both happen to look down and you notice that like some of the minor cuts on the troll appear to be like slowly closing. I'll stab it. Yeah, you stab it again. Yeah, I'll, I'm going to keep stabbing it and until someone gets the point. <laughs> yeah, that's no problem. You you keep stabbing it. It's not putting up any resistance. Uh, one of you guys like cut its head off or something. I guess I'll sit about hacking off the head with the sun sword, John. Okay, yep, you you hack the head off with the sun sword, which, as is typical, sort of like cauterizes the wound with the flames licking around the edge of it. And as you slice it, the head rolls off. You You watch the body and the head for a few moments, and you notice that whatever regeneration or healing was taking place appears to have ceased and I think we should put that head as far away from that body as possible hmm. alright uh, so we've gone full circle All right. we either go down the nearest one 
or we go back to the start, rest, and then go down a little. Um, I vote for here since we're already sort of in the area. Yeah. Yep, let's take a look there. Okay. See if it's around the corner at least. Feel free to move yourself to where you want to go. Okay, so as you move down this sort of a cavernous passageway, again you see that this this passage appears to slope much more deeply down and head into a deeper part of the mall. So do we want to check out a deeper part or do we want to check out the northeast first? I think we'll do the northeast because it's on this level and if there's any more of these moss things. Yep. Let's head back up into the big chamber and to the northeast corridor. Yeah, not a problem. We're not in combat rounds, so feel free to move yourselves. Okay, so I'll reveal a little bit more. Okay, so as you continue moving through these caverns, retracing your steps to the north, you head through the large, empty, echoing cavern. As you look into this area here, you see that there appear to be sort of large cracks running across the the stony floor here. You can see like every now and again like a bit of dust or a few like pebbles fall from the ceiling i'm guessing you're gonna have to be very very quiet to cross that floor and then as you're sort of like looking down this passageway to the southeast you you don't see anything particularly noteworthy about it at first but as you sort of like take a few steps down it you can actually see sort of like in the distance in this direction there appears to be some light coming through like natural light and you can actually like feel wind if you move to like this area of this tunnel okay shall we investigate the wind or the yeah. um, broken floor now nah, the wind sounds interesting was it pointing down Sorry, what are you doing, guys? We're, we're going to go towards the wind and the light. Okay. No was, that, was that tunnel heading down, did you say, John? Sorry. It, it wasn't, no. No, so it's still on this same level. Okay. okay, so as you follow this tunnel along, you emerge into the daylight and you find it yourself in a a cavern that appears to open out onto the edge of the abyss you see a, a chasm below 
and sort of quite far below I mean well, let's see we're talking about maybe 80 feet give or take you can see that like about 80 feet below there is a ledge jutting out over the the abyss of the moor if we tie two bits of rope together we can make that as you as you say that quentin as you all look out across even further down than this ledge you can also see what appear to be like two sort of columns of stone sort of in the abyss but they're like even further down than this ledge and this just looks bottomless does it pretty much yeah all of this here just appears, this sort of like light blue color just appears to be this bottomless expanse of the abyss as you look further down so like there appears to be like a sort of heavy mist hanging about it lower down so you really can't tell how deep it goes but there as i said earlier there appears to be this this strong current of wind almost like something's like sucking the air down into this moor which is presumably why it got its name yeah because we had that at the top as well didn't we it was yeah. Oh, sort of dragging. Indeed, and with this with this similarly strong wind, you expect if you were to go out there on that ledge, unprotected or unsecured, you saw one of the retainers get like yoinked off it by the wind and just thrown into the abyss. You expect there might be a similar danger on this sort of like this ledge as you, if you step out onto it. Right. So if tie some rope to me. Tie some rope round Brock and Weimar. I'm going to go um, just here. Okay. With them still there. Yep. That's absolutely fine. Give me a moment. I've made the GM leave the room. <laughs> is that a rage quit? <laughs> uh, so I have a feeling that the, the consequences of failure are about to ramp up significantly <laughs> in our near future. Okay, so what's I'm the plan, guys? <laughs> Safety so, <yeah>. rope. <laughs> Safety rope. I'm going to go That's to fine. there. And they're staying there. Yeah, no problems. Okay. Dice. Okay, so as you move out, you can feel like the wind tugging at you, Quentin, but yeah. you manage to keep hold of the rocks as you're sort of hand over handing it. And obviously, yeah. even if it did pull you over, you've got the rope on you, so you wouldn't like plunge to your death or anything. But you can feel like if you hadn't got such a secure grip, and it's even now, it's like almost like you're struggling to maintain your grip on this yeah. sort of rocky ledge. What do you want to do? Uh, like I say, I'm going to just explore to that edge here. Yep. Uh, I just want to see if there's, a, if there's any sign of an old passageway or... Okay, so as you explore sort of further to the, the north... 
sort of just see if I can reveal up to the north there just appears to be like more of the edge of this this sort of chasm there doesn't appear to be like another passageway that's fine no. I'll just make my way back to them then yeah not a problem uh, there's nothing but wind out there well let's get back into the relative safety of these tunnels in away from that Yeah, we can head back north and check yeah. out that that final corridor before deciding where to go next. Not a problem. Okay, so you move into a smaller cave. There's moss and fungi in all manner of like bizarre almost technical different hues sort of dotting the the chamber as you move in via the glorious light of the sun sword you can also see there appear to be like tiny holes i mean we're talking like that sort of size in the ceiling which is letting like a little bit of natural light through here the most bizarre thing though however is as you look in there occasionally from like various different points around the room you hear like this very soft sort of quiet like chuckling or like laughter coming from like different areas of the room but as you look around like you don't see anyone mm, that's very odd and growing in the center of the chamber is a particularly large red and white speckled fungus to the south of this chamber again you can see a another passageway that appears to sort of head quite steeply down into the the depths so whatever's in here is either very well disguised or hidden or very small And again, every few moments you hear like a little like high pitch, like laugh or like titter, seemingly coming from like the air. It, it could be the mushroom talking for all we know at this point. Is it coming from that direction? Or is it, it, all it doesn't round appear us? to be, it just appears to come from like random points in the air around the room. Hmm. How big is this mushroom then, when you say big? We're talking five foot tall whoa yes yeah, it's, it's huge that's a big mushroom i mean to you it looks like a, a variety of mushroom that you've seen like normal size versions of it and you know that like if you eat it it's not going to kill you but it'll give you like a really upset stomach so like you wouldn't like forage it or anything but this and this looks exactly the same just like much much bigger normally it's like sort of fist size it's not like one of those mushroom men no, that we've so encountered it, before. No. It, it looks exactly like a normal mushroom, just scaled up. Hmm. Well, we can go in or we can go back. But we're going down regardless. Yeah. What do we think? I mean, there's 
there's three options to go down. Do we need to take this route? We've got other options. Well, technically four if you count like using ropes to go down to the ledge below. Yeah, we'll, we'll put that option on the back burner for now. I think, <laughs> I think we need to go to Rope Mart uh, first. So, um, what was this exit like? Sorry, which exit? Uh, this one. Okay, that one. It was again rather like the others. It's just a a sort of steeply sloping, like natural, like cavernous passage, sort of heading further down into the the mall. I kind of like that one uh, for our entrance down because it's connected to an area that we sort of know, mm -hmm. and it's it's fairly easy to go away <laughs> get out <laughs> yeah i mean i'm happy to go back there out of the free seems potentially the best choice at the moment should we go and investigate that then yeah um we can always pop back up if we want to. Mm -hmm. Okay, no problems. I'll move you across to that. And you start heading down this passageway. Now we get the true challenge for this VTT. Can I change maps? You'll probably all just be seeing like a big grey screen. That is correct. Which is absolutely fine. That's what you should be seeing in the minute. Because it's all fog of ward up. And uh, what sort of uh, steepness are we talking here, John? It, it's not down. it's not so steep that you need to climb down, but you have to be careful when you're sort of making your way down. Mm. You, you're not going to be sort of like running down there or anything like that. Yeah. So we've got to slowly. Yeah, basically. Let me just reveal the, the path that you're coming down. Slap a token on that for you. Alright, okay. There we go. So you find yourself heading down this steep, cavernous passageway into the level below. And as you head further down you notice that as you're sort of making your way down this passageway the the sort of natural stone starts to give way to like worked if cracked and chipped flagstones at the sort of very edge of where you can see at the minute so sort of like hairish and is, is this like newly sort of constructed can we tell that it doesn't appear to be it appears to be quite old So this must have been here for a long, long time and it's just been uncovered when this explosion or wherever it was went off. Indeed. And you guys have actually discovered the the area that I did a fancy schmancy map on using my new mapping software. Or oh, the fancy schmancy. So let me just... Uh... I'm just getting posh now. 
That's good software. So let's bring that up. So hopefully you guys can see that a little bit. And you guys are coming through here. So the, mm -hmm. the sort of rocky area heads out That's here. That's the corridor, yeah. And you head into this worked stone here. As you start making your way and you appear to be heading into what looks like a a, a burial chamber or a, a shrine of some sort. There's a, a stone crypt in the, the center of this chamber, which has an effigy of a, a warrior knight in repose on it. And just to the south of it is what appears to be a hexagonal font of some sort, but you can't see what, if anything, is in it at the current distance you're at. Obviously, I've just put like a party token on it, again, for, for ease. I'll go and investigate the room, most likely the person that crawls out of the crypt. Okay, so as you start moving in, obviously wary Quentin in case any like, undead monstrosity looms up out of this crypt. You don't see any undead monstrosity, however, as you move in, seemingly from nowhere, a sort of wind that appears to like whip around this chamber, like rises up. It's quite a strong wind, I mean, it's not throwing you about, but it's it's definitely quite strong and you hear seemingly coming from the air but echoing as though being cast from a great distance a mournful voice being like robbers usurpers thieves and each time the voice intones a syllable the wind appears to get a little bit stronger i'll shout no <clears throat> no Defilers! Blasphemers! No. It, it carries on sort of like screaming in a similar vein. Uh, let me just make a quick roll. Okay. A rock from the floor just like, flies up and hits you in the face, Quentin, for three points of damage. So I'll, I'll go back to Weimar. <laughs> yep. Right. It's um, something in there that says we're robbers, defilers, grave robbers. So where was Quentin specifically before coming back? Okay, he basically he sort of walked in, and he was sort of circling warily round this crypt in case any like undead thing came out. And as he sort of got in there and he was making his way round, this voice and this wind started whipping mm. up. And then as he was like, "No, I'm not, I'm not," just like a rock from like the side of the chamber, which went and like whapped him in the forehead. Right. So, I'll, in my you know full getup of plates the antique that I walk in, uh, I'll put up a shield and uh, I'll, I'll walk in and uh, I'll whisper as I go. Well, I guess not whisper because it's the wind, wind's howling. Indeed. So I'll, um, I'll yell at the, um, my companions. I'll, 
I'll, I'll see if I can talk to it. <laughs> okay, and indeed, as you step in and you shout that, again, this voice takes, Deceivers, robbers, vagabonds, blasphemy. And the wind starts whipping up again. You hear, like, the clang of several, like, little, like, pebbles sort of, like, bounce off your shield. I um, hold up the sun sword. Ah! Uh, <laughs> like, no, we're we're none of that. We come here bearing no ill will. Robber of holy artifacts, you defile this place. That is not the case at all. Say <laughs> as I uh, sort of push forward, unless the uh, the wind just pushes me away. But I want to try and make it to the. Uh, the tomb. At which point a little pebble like, hits you with the forehead for one point of damage. But you, you can move. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, stop it! And, I'll, uh... I'll, I'll put a little separate <laughs> token on there for you so you can move yourself while we know where the others are. Yeah. Yeah, so I'll, um, I'll get to the tomb <laughs> and uh, is it... Uh, it, it the graphic looks like it's sort of skewed, like you could push the uh, lid. Is that the case? In... That, that is indeed the case, yeah. I'm, I'm going to put the sun sword in the scabbard, get the shield, wedge it in, and use it as a lever to <laughs> push the, the tomb open. Yeah, it takes a little while, so I'm going to make another couple of rolls, because like, these rocks and stuff just being like, flung at you. <laughs> okay... Okay, so a couple of them like clang off your armor, but it does you no damage. Yeah. Like, will you stop it, man? <laughs> and obviously the winds continue to whip, and this morning was like, Deceivers! Like screaming and howling. Uh, but yeah, you heave the, the lid off, it falls to the floor with a crash. And inside you see a, a suit of like slightly rusted and like battered plate mail. There is the, the skeletal remnants of presumably the knight who was interred here. He's got his sort of arms crossed. There's like a mm -hmm. sword laid on his chest. Um, hand on the pommel. Uh, is this spirit thing in the remains? I don't know how it works. The, the, the sword says, well, it's... Uh, well, it's clearly some sort of restless spirit or some such, but uh, I, I'm not sensing any magic or any sort of taint of undeath about these remains. Um, can I see what this is? And as he's saying that, the the lid of the sarcophagus rises up and it smashes you around the back of the head for eight points of damage. Is it still intact? Yeah, it's pretty thick stone. It's just yeah, like you've like you've like pushed it off. It suddenly rises up and it's like <laughs> like someone's done it, giving you the chair. Yeah, yeah. And if <laughs> if the lid is still intact, I will leave. <laughs> That's fine. So I'll, I'll remove this token for you. And you're back with the. Uh, I'm just sort of limp back. It's like, oh god, oh, oh, that smarts. Yeah. Oh boy. Why Mark comes limping back out and like all of his like head on has got like quite like a dent in it. 
Like one of his shoulder like pauldrons is like quite severely dented. Yeah, I definitely can go that way. <laughs> well, oh yeah, I mean, let's try something else first. Oh. Is, is that a doorway straight across, okay. or is that a window? I can't. Quite. Straight across the windows. However, in the in the sort of southern edge, there is a, a doorway. I'll sort of reveal a little bit. So hopefully it makes it a bit clearer. Oh, okay. that, that's and just that a window ways, in the north. And that other corridor sort of blocked up, is it? Yeah. yeah. That appears to have, like... The, the best I could represent it was a big rock, but that appears to basically okay. collapse. Caving, yeah. Yeah, so... I mean, could just make a run for it. Is that door open, or...? Yeah, it, you can see, like, the remnants of what must have once been a fairly stout wooden door... But it's all like rotted and it's like hanging on by like one hinge. So like you're pretty sure that Brock, you could just like breeze through that like it wasn't there. Hmm. Is that all we go back and you know, come at this uh, from a another direction or another entrance? Just make the run. If you're willing to charge through that. Yeah, well I can do that and Check what's over there first in case it is a waste of time. All right, I'm going to yeah. follow the thing okay, throwing so, shit at you. So, so it's, yeah, just, yeah. it's just Brock running through, is it? Yeah, I'm just going to run to okay, that other the, door. The, there's a little axe token for you, Brock. Okay, cool. I'm literally just going to... Bolt through. Yeah, bolt down that wall. Okay. Away from the tomb and that. The, the spirit will get one chance to attack you as you run past. Okay, so yeah, a large chunk of like masonry hits the wall just next to your head as you run past but you make it through unharmed and I will reveal a little bit more does the wind literally stop as soon as I exit that door yeah literally as soon as you go through that archway the wind appears to be confined to that one chamber right one thing you do notice is as you as you run like through the whole room as you're going past this font here you Mm -hmm. notice that as you run past it there's actually water in it and again, it looks to be crystal clear. Well, I didn't notice anything sort of sitting in it no, particularly. No. no. Okay. Um, but yeah, and you, again, the... you run into this little hallway. Again, there's like a an open archway in front of you that appears to lead to. It looks like maybe a small shrine. You can see on the on the sort of wall to the east so here is mm-hmm. what appears to be a large picture of a well let's say picture like a mosaic of again the a huge sort of muscular male figure this time wearing armor carrying a sword sort of holding it up and the sword actually looks pretty familiar to you it looks a lot like the sword weimar's got and you can see that it, it's this adonis like picture of this uh this man and he's wearing this like feathered sort of I suppose neck sort of thing around his neck this feathered sort of rough around his neck and he has armor on and he's holding this sword up and there's like a stylized depiction of like beams of light coming out of the sword yeah so it's the fiery sort of light sword yeah Yeah. okay Um, and then it's got these two exits out of the room indeed as you as you look into the one to the south, 
you can see that it appears to again it's another corridor that heads down for a certain distance then it appears to have collapsed at the end i'm going to stand there so i can sort of look in both yep. directions as you look through this one you can see the the hall extends some distance again there's a an empty sort of portal and beyond it you can just see a bit of the room beyond are you carrying a torch by the way bro uh oh i will have to yeah Okay. I assume it's not lit down here. There's no. no sort of magical lighting or anything. No. Okay, yeah. so all of this has taken you two turns, so you've got like four turns left on this torch. Okay. And you can see into the, the room beyond, and you can see what appears to be like another stone sarcophagus, and sort of beyond it, what appears to be another empty archway. That's off one of my torches, I don't forget. Um... Okay, uh, yeah, I'm going to just have a look down this corridor before I uh, report back. So I'm just going to walk down to the end of this this part of the corridor to have a look through that doorway or archway. Okay, no problems. So let me just reveal what's there. Hmm. Okay, so as you look into this stone burial chamber, you can see what appear to be three stone tombs, and there are also what appear to be two statues on the far wall of armoured warriors. Mm. And again, a doorway leading through. Indeed. The... The archways in this, they appear to have like, they appear to once have like metal, like portcullises in them, and you can see, but they're like raised, but you can see like the top of like the, or the bottom of the portcullis sort of raised up at the top of the arch, if you know what I mean. I'm, I'm going to literally just step in just to see if there's any of this wind and, and such that I encountered previously. You step in, there are no howling winds or anything like that in here. Okay. Um,. Well, I think at this point, I am going to uh, travel back to the door and report on my findings. Okay, so by, if... by the time you get back, your torch will have gone. But that's fine, you can make it back to the others. So are you just like running through the uh, um, spirit Yeah, I, I won't be able to shout across, I take it. No, no, not with no. the winds. Okay, okay well, so I'll, I'll remove your token as you run across okay. you now with the group token again. So it will get a chance to attack you as you run across. Mm -hmm. I'll say 19, so that has hit. Um, let's check its damage. Yeah, 1d4. Okay, so. As you charge across, a large piece of rock strikes you in the back for 4 hit points of damage. And again, there's the cries of like, Deceivers, robbers, brigands! I'll curse it as I get to the others. Yeah. Weimar's sort of like, sorry, uh, Brock, as you see him sort of like, he reaches where Weimar is. It's like running back towards the rest of you guys. You see him sort of get hit by this rock and it sort of like pushes him forward and he scrambles through the, the archway to rejoin you guys. Um... Yeah, so I shall describe what I've seen as best as possible. The uh, empty sort of shrine 
corridor leading to another one of these. So they were three. Were they like cof- coffins? I guess they, they were like three stone, stone sarcophaguses. Yeah. Yeah. In in this and, room uh, here, and then there was like another potentially chamber beyond. A couple that. of statues, and then it continues. I didn't want to get too far ahead. Okay, something happened, or I don't know if we can do anything here. Not with a crazy wind, man. Let's um, let's call on the spectacles once again. And have a look through the spectacles to see what sort of dust and stuff we're getting going in this direction. See if it's the same as before, if there's any obvious signs of it getting stronger, the pathway. Did you describe the statue of the flaming sword to us? Yeah. Oh, no, that was a painting or a tapestry. A mosaic, yeah. Oh, mosaic, sorry. Yeah. So... That's interesting for Weimar, but um, so yeah, do we if we put these spectacles on, do we get any sort of sense that the the pathway is getting stronger in this direction? Okay, you put the spectacles on, and there is again, it's difficult to tell because there is a lot of like the dust here, but that seems to be like mm. a, a sort of ever present thing in this sort of place, but no sort of stronger sense of, uh, no. of the pathway like when we were getting closer to the this place itself. No. Okay, look, Dan, you know, when was looking down at that wonderful hole did we try it with the specs on I don't think we did no but let's try that okay so are you guys going back up to go and like peer into the abyss is that right well it looks like uh, we want to take a different route down to this level don't we so we might as well do that while we're up there yeah Okay, so let's go back to to this map. And are you just heading straight back up, yeah? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Okay, no problem. So that will take you back up onto the first map. Your token should still be in the same place. Yep. So, yeah, so you, you emerge back onto the upper level, so to speak. So... Gazing into the abyss, is it? Or we'll go and we... set the ropes up then, shall we? Over, yeah, let's, let's gaze into over the here again. Okay, yeah, so you head over to this this sort of windy cliff on the edge of the abyss. You can see the, the daylight filtering in. You can feel the, the wind that seems to ever be pulled down into the, the, the beast's maw. And below you can see this ledge, looks about 80 feet below. Put the glasses on. Okay, you put the glasses on. You don't see like a 
like a sort of Zool Ghostbusters-esque sort of like shaft of light shining out of it or anything. However, the the mist that's down below that seems to sort of like prevent you seeing precisely how deep this abyss goes, it does appear to have like a greenish hue when you put the glasses on. I'll pass the glasses around so everyone can see the greenish hue. Yeah, everyone. Everyone looks through. And like I say, it's not like it's like... Oh, like glowing green but like it's just like normal sort of white gauzy like mist when you look at it normally when you put the spectacles on through the through the green lens it does have a now have like a greenish tint to it obviously assuming you let Fabrio have a look he, he sort of looks through the glasses and he says I wonder if the uh, if the Rather than the island collapsing in on itself, perhaps the, perhaps a large fragment of the, of the chaos stone was, was driven into the centre of the island, making this chasm. That would explain all of the, all of the dust, hereabouts and the, this this mist of. Of, dust as flakes of the the stone were chipped off as it tunnelled through the earth. And he sort of stands there pensively, sort of as he passes glasses back to you. But he stands there, sort of like, obviously he's not stepping out onto the ledge, he's not mental, but he's like sort of peering as best he can, sort of over, like towards this mist, sort of like looking pensively and thoughtfully at it as he ponders his hypothesis. So, want to try another rider? Yeah. Um, I think A seventeen. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's at this. What going through the mushroom room? Was that that's the mushroom room? Is yeah, it? Yeah, with the giggling. We'll yeah. try off A thirteen then. <laughs> yeah, I'll leave that to last. I think. I'll say, <laughs> this, this, one. this one where you are now is the one you've just you had it down. Yeah. Just so we'll go down this one. Okay, no problems. You start making your way down. Giggle shroom. <laughs> well, whatever's on there is giggling, so we best stay mm -hmm. away from it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Anyone who's having a good time down here is... Yeah, there's nothing news. funny about this place. <laughs> well, at least they've got a warp sense of humour anyway, so... I'm just going to move your token over. So you emerge into a into another sort of natural cavernous passageway. As you say you've been heading down this fairly steep passageway into the the lower depths of the mall. Again, as you head down here, you can see daylight coming from this direction, and you can also hear the wind. Well, I think we'll go and look at that first. Well, let's let's. Use the rope. Yeah, definitely. Set up that we've uh, previously got. If you're getting near the edge again, potentially. Okay. And we'll stand here and anchor from here. That is not a problem. So as you head up, you emerge into this cavern that appears to be 
appears to look out onto the, uh, the very ledge that you saw from the level above. So we've come down about 80 foot. It's not carved like the last one. So yeah, you're standing on this jagged cliff again. The wind howls around it, but you can see this ledge sort of looking out over the abyss. Well, that's a bit like a leap of faith, really, isn't it? Well, it will be if you didn't take it. <laughs> I think that'll be a swept of faith. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to recommend it. I don't want to go another look that far, thanks. And there we go, I've revealed a, a bit more of the, the sort of the abyss. You can now see these these two sort of stone like columns. Obviously, they're now not quite as far below. They're now about like 80 feet below where you are. Whereas previously, they were like a couple of levels down. They're now only like one level down. And you see the colour from there. What, what that's made out of that stuff they appear to be made out of a similar sort of black grey stone to the rest of the of your sort of surroundings yeah so they're what not if you put the glasses on what happens then you put the glasses on you look at these stone pillars and you can see there are several sort of larger fragments of glowing green sort of embedded in them I mean, when I say large, we're talking relatively compared to the dust, so we're talking like sort of 50 pence piece sort of size. So there's loads of fragments broken off as yeah. it's crashed down or blown up or whichever way. So any, potentially any one of these bloody things could be the stone. Or they might all have the same properties, and it's just getting to a bit of it is the, the difficult part. You know, yeah, I, don't, I don't fancy jumping onto one of them. Here, no, no. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, it's, it's a bit of a jump because, like I say, it's like 80 foot down. So, Yeah. Yeah, no, let's uh, explore then. Yeah, let's head back down that corridor to the south then. Okay, no problems. So as you start heading down this this cavernous passageway, again it starts getting a little bit damper and you start smelling sort of damp vegetation as you move down the passageway. Everybody be prepared for some of them. Yeah, it's a similar sort of smell and thing to the trolls that we've encountered before. Not so much trolls, but more like the, the sort of like mossy chamber you were in previously. Yeah. But that seemed to be where they were sort of hanging out or living in. Okay. I'll be on alert then. Get a cutter's, uh, well, at least get another torch out 
On standby. Okay. So, are you heading in? Yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll follow down the corridor. Cautiously. Okay. Okay, so you emerge into an extremely large cave covered in huge mushrooms the size of trees. Dotted around the, the base of them are many more smaller mushrooms as you it's I mean, in fact it's difficult to see across the cave because like I say it's it's full of things the size of trees they similar? Smaller mushrooms and stuff like that are they similar to the one before the red and white sort of mushroom there's some like that although these are much bigger here because obviously they're tree size not like five foot <laughs> And yeah. they like the the stems of them look tough and sort of like woody because they're so big, but there's also other varieties of mushrooms. Again, they just appear to be like gigantic. There's the smaller tall. smaller mushrooms growing around them, almost like shrubs would grow around trees. But are they recognisable? Just big versions. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's like stuff I would pick up for when foraging and stuff. Hmm. Okay, so we either go through the mushroom forest or past the creepy mushroom. I mean, if we hug the wall, do we sort of encounter less of it? Or Yeah, the, 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 there is a bit more space near the edge of the walls, yeah. Not much, but a little bit. No laughing or anything now in this... If we stand still for a little while and listen. Not, not that you can hear. I mean, I'm happy to sort of hug the wall and go and have a look at that next corridor up. Well, as a will all go, because we know this area is pretty clear. If you're going to encounter anything, it's going to be in front of you. Hmm. Well, I'll, I'll go a little bit ahead in case, you know, any sp um, spores or anything comes out from these mushrooms? Yeah, move your move your token to where you want it. To, so I'm going to sort of I'm going to hug along this this wall here. Okay, so you've got Up you've got your, you've got your torch. Why have you got the sun sword out still, or have you sheathed that bad boy for the moment? Um, I suppose that would have been a discussion to have on the way. Like, are we going in quiet or or no? I think we always go quiet. Yeah, yeah so. I mean, the torch gives off plenty of light, so it's not like we can be invisible. Yeah, no, it's it's just the uh, my, my background music that kicks off yeah. every time I have the sword <laughs> out. So. Yeah, once it's out, it's out, though, isn't it? It's not a yeah, it's it's not not like choir, a is it's it? It's not continuous. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> what, like the Witcher? <laughs> yeah. No, I can I can have it out, uh, but I would... I imagine I'll be... Um, sort of 
acting as a rear guard anyway here because I'm okay. both the slowest and also the clunkiest. Okay. Okay. So as you start making your way around the edge, obviously you going slightly further ahead, Brock. Yep. You, as you sort of pass by a particularly large mushroom, as the light of your torch sort of touches it, it suddenly starts emitting this ear-piercing shriek that echoes throughout the cavern. And as the noise comes out, does it react in any other way? or It, it appears to be like trembling slightly as it's like emitting this shriek. Okay. Well, I'm, no. I'm just going to get... I'm just going to move faster and make my way to this... to basically get through this place as quick as possible now. Yeah, that's fine. It doesn't actually do anything to stop you. It's just emitting this high-pitched shriek that eventually does start to sort of fade away. But obviously it's alerted... The entire world of our presence. If there is anything. Indeed. So I should just try and have a look up this corridor. Okay, not a problem. So as you peer up that corridor, you can see... It appears to continue to the north and then it opens out into a small cave. Uh, well, if I can't see anything obvious, then I'll gesture everyone to follow me and I'll start to head up there and get out of that noisy cavern. Okay, so as you guys move through the larger cavern, again, a few of these uh, these sort of mushrooms start shrieking. But it doesn't appear to do you any harm. And you, you move through into this small, seemingly empty cavern. Yeah, just before we enter, I'm going to stop, wait for the noise to, to stop and listen out to see if there's any reaction to the, like the screeching from the mushrooms, any sort of running or any footsteps or any sort of noise from something coming towards. Okay, you you listen out for a few moments and you you don't hear anything untoward. You're just about to to move on. When from the, again from the large cavern to the south of you, you hear one of these mushrooms start shrieking. All right, I shall. Uh, obviously, um, we need to form up because I would imagine someone's coming through that cavern. If it's been set off, it could yeah. be right right behind us. So, do we want to move forward into that other cavern or? holding this corridor let's go backwards into the cavern okay we'll uh we'll just head into this small cavern before sort of turn into face 
the large cavern to see if anything's coming. Okay, not a problem. And eventually you do see sort of shambling through this fungal forest what appears to be a small group of six, maybe seven ragged, skeletal, fleshless creatures wearing the the tattered remnants of chainmail and armour, rusty swords gripped in their boneless hands as they shamble towards the passageway and you lock eyes with their empty sockets as you, you peer down the passageway to the south. How are we uh, how are we looking for health? I am bad. <laughs> so are you still in the game? Why not? Six hits points left, so you know. I'm still good. <laughs> Fine. Uh, honor my name. I only had one day left to retirement. <laughs> I, I, I was Ooh. gonna be I was gonna be a thief skilled leader, you understand? We need to find you a telephone pole, smack yourself against it until you push your HP back into the socket. Um, um, no. Um, I'll... Brock, um, you, you can uh, follow in my steps. Uh, the Sun Sword, hopefully, will, <laughs> will uh, carve us a path through. How wide is this corridor? The, uh, about, the about, ten, about ten feet. So a couple of, couple of them sort of wide. Yeah, basically. And now they're sort of coming more towards you into like the light. You can see there's seven of these skeletal figures. Oof, it's quite a lot. So are we going to fill this corridor? Why more? Do you want me and Lan to take on this? Uh, I'll. I, I think it's best if if I'm there. Uh, the sun sword can help. Okay, so me and me and Weimar will sort of fill the the corridor just before the cavern with okay. our, our comrades just behind us, sort of thing. Yeah, not a problem. Obviously, you've also got like effect because they they don't appear to be like running or charging; they're just moving at a a slow pace, although unnervingly, aside from the slight jangle of their, their ruined chamber, they don't appear to make any noise as they move. Do you want to fire off a few crossbow bolts or something? Yep. I'm on it. Yeah, you've, uh, you've got a couple of like turns worth of shots you can do. And I'll chuck a spear before they get to us. Yeah, go for it. A nine. Okay. And a 15 to hit. I get the 15 a set. Yeah. Uh, I miss with my spear. Okay. Uh, well, if we're... I did one point of damage. Okay. I'll I'll put in an arrow. Uh, that'll be uh, like 18. Yeah, that that'll hit. Uh, it does. D6 in it, longbow. Two damage. Okay, so one of the skeletons, I'm assuming you've hit the same one, in the in the first round you get to fire, is like 
is hit with a, a crossbow bolt and an arrow. Like you see bits of his like chipped bone like get smashed off, but he's still moving, although barely. Obviously you've obviously Quent Quentin did both of his, but potentially you could do another one. Why more? Since it's gonna take like two turns yeah. for them to get to you. Yeah. Might as well. No, I'm <laughs> I'm I'm putting the bow away. Okay. And they stumble towards you sort of two apiece. Just due to the the size of this corridor. So mm -hmm. I've rolled a five for my initiative. She'll go. Why not? Oh boy. <laughs> five. Oh, splendid. Do you guys want to go first? And in case you've not picked up, these are very definitely undead. Really? <sighs> I know. <laughs> right. They're pretty subtle, those. So, those descriptions. Right. So, I'll be... lead the charge. Okay, so uh, clear that, and uh, well, it doesn't do the the choir now, but Weimar is imagining the choir as the uh, sunset <laughs> comes down. Uh, that's uh, yeah. 20, yeah, twenty-four. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> And let me quickly reference. Okay, uh, this what? Okay, <laughs> uh, seven. Okay, so Weimar sort of hacks down the already like damaged one, and then sort of reverses his sword and hacks down the the second one. So there are now only five <laughs> of them remaining. There's like two of them just like explode in a shower of bone, and you hear like. The sword be like, yes, you vile creatures of darkness. <laughs> Why Mars literally on fire this evening? <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, I make an attack. I got a twenty. Yeah, I'll do it. Shoot is a hit, um, but only five damage. Okay, you shatter another one of these skeletal creatures with your broadsword. Don't forget you've got a lan as well. Um, I thought we were going to get two in. She's behind, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. That's okay, so there's there's only, since we're going simultaneously, I'm just going to roll for like the two that were there, because it includes the one you shattered, because it's like, simultaneous. Mm -hmm. But uh, I'll just do one on each of you. So here we go. So first one on Brock. Misses on Weimar also misses. So they attack you with their rusty weapons. Brock parries adeptly with his broadsword. Weimar blocks a blow of a rusty sword with his shield. You take no damage. Next round, we're on initiative. I'm on a one. Okay, uh, I'll, I'll continue. Hopefully, I can beat a one. I cannot beat a one. Uh, not, so, not tonight. <laughs> so we're, we're simultaneous again. Obviously, one of the skeletons is like advancing over the fallen one. So if you guys want to go first again. Right. Yep, uh, go on. Crack on. That. Yeah, that'll be a hit, I expect. Yeah, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. 
15 plus plus things. And that'll be an 11, 11 damage. <laughs> okay. So again, why am I like obliterates two of these skeletons? Like as the two of them steps forward, he just like takes a step in front of Brock and just like swings the sun sword in a glowing arc through the whole of the corridor and two like just severs the heads of two of these skeletons that sort of fall to the floor even as they're stepping forward. Meaning um, there's only two remaining. I I do manage to hit, but I only do three damage. Okay, so you have damaged one of them. It's very nearly out, but it's not quite dead yet. yet. So, because we're going simultaneously, I'm now going to make the attack for those two that have just been killed. Mm -hmm. So, one on Brock. That is a hit. One on Weimar. That's a 20, so that's a hit. Oof. Okay, two, two rusty swords coming in. So, Brock, you take four hit points of damage. Why am I? You take two hit points of damage. As you're, you're both stabbed by rusty swords, as you then, ha as Why am I then hacks down these two skeletons that have dared to injure you. There are now only two remaining. And it's initiative again. Good. I'm on two. <laughs> One. <laughs> Steady okay. decline. <laughs> okay, so the t the two remaining ones. Okay, so one on Wymo. Gets a one, so it misses. One on Brock. Gets a four, so it also misses. Again, they clatter their rusty weapons uselessly against your defences. Okay. Um, let's try and recoup. Fourteen? Uh, uh, That's it. 11 damage <laughs> okay so again Weimar with that sun sword steps forward and just like obliterates the last of these two skeletal creatures they just like explode in shards of bone and I just dust. look over and you really don't like the undead do you <laughs> justice <laughs> just bones flying bouncing off the wall <laughs> and as as you know the Final bone clatters to the floor. Uh, I think Weimar is like <laughs> panting a little bit, and then just like, <laughs> yeah, the uh, oh, sorry, sorry about that. Woo, the the, the sword still be carried away with with these. <laughs> Apologies. Yeah, you're all sort of like coughing and spluttering a bit. It's like this bone dust like cloud has just like filled the air as like Wama's been like buzz soaring his way through them all. Yeah, the, the warm bone meal powder now in the air from the, the explosive fires of the sword. Yeah. <coughs> mm. So we better go find out where they came from. Yeah. <clears throat> Let's take a look. I can lead the way. I'll use the sword as a torch. Yeah, no problems. Just move yourself where you want to go. Head, head, head downwards. Okay. So, again, when you enter, as the light of your sword floods out into this chamber, again, several of these like large mushrooms start shrieking loudly. Just pass mm. very quickly, Wymo. Uh, which way? <laughs> well, not what? the way we came, so along the... Right. Keep to the wall. Here, go. Yep. Yeah. 
is is this like a one person yes. snug fit cave? Yeah. yeah. It is indeed. Well I'll I'll cram myself in. Uh Okay. Lead the way. You start making your way down this this snug one man passageway. It and you have it it's it's quite difficult to maneuver through. You're almost having to sort of squeeze your way through, especially with your armor on and stuff like that. However, eventually you find yourself emerging out through a narrow crack in the wall of what appears to be a burial chamber. <laughs> I'm just like, oh no. <laughs> uh, this, this looks very familiar to where I was earlier. That's a good thing. Mm. This is where I got to before I came back. What do the um, tombs say, John? Okay. As you look at them, again, they're in this sort of like pictographic writing, but you can make a roll if you wish. Yep. Yeah. Okay. It appears to be the name or the names on there of members of the Order of Solar Knights. Uh, the the glyphs also recount like their deeds, you know, their mighty deeds of combat, um, what battle they fell in, etc. Do we know the Solar Knights? Yeah, yeah, we do. Uh, they were buried on this isle. That's before Brock's time. Mm. So they've been corrupted, I guess. If they're rising from the dead, and uh, a lot of them were cursed. Is the sort of understanding that we have, uh, or had. Who knows what's true now? That was then. I well, mean, these these ones seem intact, though, don't they? Yeah, these these tombs are intact. Yeah. Yeah. One thing you do does strike you is just sort of going along them as you're talking to the others and sort of reading these. Uh, I don't know if someone make 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 a roll for each separate tomb, but uh, as you get to the last one, it appears one thing strikes you. And again, it describes this heroic knight, the, the names, that's an ancient weird sounding name that doesn't mean anything to you. And it's describing his uh, heroic deeds, battles, etc. One thing that does strike you as interesting is his final battle that he sort of fell in. It describes him fighting against a, a, uh, a man who could take on the form of a great beast. And in the sort of like the epitaph after that, it says that we lay him to rest here with this scroll in the hopes that should his spirit ever need to battle such a creature again, he will be well protected in the next world. Uh, I think we should have a open this one, guys. It's got a bit of information in it. Ah, well, if the lid starts flying, we need to leave. That's a given. <laughs> okay, yeah, so you you 
crack the lid off there. Have any got like a crowbar or anything like that? Yeah, I've got a crowbar. Yeah, no problems. You're like crack your knuckles, roll your sleeves. Like, I'll handle this. Get your crowbar <laughs> out. Get it. Get it under the lip. No problem at all. And you quickly sort of like pry. You don't have to push it off. You just move it a little bit at an angle. And inside again, you see a uh, the sort of skeletal remnants of presumably this knight. Although this one isn't fully armor clad, he's more sort of like in a funeral shroud. And you can see like his arms sort of folded across his chest, and underneath his arms, instead of a sword, there's what appears to be like a long sort of uh, parchment with a yeah. strip of like white ribbon around it. Okay, well. Obviously, I'm going to grab the scroll. Um, yeah. You reach in, you pluck it out, no problem. Yeah. You, are you opening it and reading it? I'll try to read it. I don't know if I can read okay. it. Okay, you don't have to make a roll for this. You unroll it, and it seems to be written in common, albeit a, an archaic version of it. And it essentially appears to be a charm against a shape changes or beast changes as it calls them and as you read through it it basically says it gives you the impression that like if you read this this charm aloud it will conjure a it describes like a circle of protection against these beast changes yeah that's very handy okay you now have a scroll of protection from lycanthropes and just for the just for the purposes of like us knowing this and knowing what it does, essentially it can be used by all characters. If you read the script aloud, it conjures a circle of protection against a specific type of monster or energy, in this case lycanthropes. When used, it conjures a ten foot radius circle of protection around the reader. If the reader moves, the circle of protection follows them. And the circle doesn't prevent them from using magical missile attacks against you, but it prevents you, them from entering and making melee attacks against you. However, if you like tried to push the circle against a monster, it would break the charm. But it gives you like a sort of safety zone, like around whoever reads it, and whoever okay. stood within that circle. Well. Since we're cracking graves. You got on to the others, are you? Yeah. Okay, no problems. You start cracking open the other graves. You crack open the first one. No problems. Again, similar thing inside, you know, wrapped up in funeral garb, etc. However, in this one, there are, is what appears to be a a clay pot laid at the feet of the the person interred inside when you look inside it you can see there is a huge amount of silver pieces of an archaic design like filling up this clay urn yeah that could be handy okay so you you've now got 1200 silver pieces bloody hell do you um, realize by the way that the uh the storm spirit, whatever it is, screaming about us robbing graves and whatnot. And I'll, you know, raise a brow. 
it least... had it, it had its chance. What, what okay, so yeah, at least you've actually Robert. done something now <laughs> to it justify getting smacked. Yeah, I said I wasn't going to do it. It pissed me off. Now I'm doing it. So yeah, on to the final one. Okay, no problems. You move on to the final one. And again, you pop it open without too much trouble. And in this one, you see what appears to be a a piece of sort of elaborate gold jewellery around the neck of the person, the knight interred within. Obviously, you're in the business, uh, Quentin. So you you estimate that this piece of jewellery must be worth at least five hundred gold pieces. Yeah, that's worth possibly being cursed. I love it. Yep, you yoink it out. No curse strikes you, however, as you pull it out, there's uh, two loud clangs as the metal portcullises on these two doors drop down. We've got the exit, so... Yeah, oh yeah, there's a... <laughs> Let's get through the gap. Okay, and obviously you can... You can still see through the metal portcullis, so I'll reveal this last bit. I was going to say, you probably want to look through at least. Here. Hopefully it will reveal it. There we go. So as you look through that, you can see there is a, a small chamber beyond, and there is what appears to be a stone staircase leading down into the darkness. I think this is a, a time to have a little look through the spectacles. And his staircase. Okay, so you, you look through the spectacles, peering through the metal portcullis, and you can see that there is indeed a fairly heavy concentration of the, the glittering green dust on the staircase. Hmm. You want to put the necklace back, No, I was just going to see if it's worth trying to open this portcullis. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to see, you know, sort of test this portcullis, see how heavy it is and whether I think I'll be able to lift it. Okay, you you think you'd probably have a decent chance, to be honest. You'd you'd have to make an open stuck door rolls. So it's mm -hmm. in your abilities. You, yep. You've got a pretty decent chance of doing it. You think it's, obviously, it was a, perhaps originally a mechanism that would have gone off and they'd have sort of summoned the constabulary or whatever while people were trapped in there. Um, but obviously the grates are slightly rusty. The mechanism's probably not up to much. You're like, if I put enough force on this, pushing it back up, I can probably lift it. Is there, is there anything we can do to try and make it any easier? The crowbar's not going to really help. No, not really. I guess it's, it's just a matter of brute force. Because you can just grab hold of it, can't you? Yeah. So it's not like you've got to get it started even, really. Okay, I shall... Uh, yeah, just try and manhandle it. Okay, make your roll. I believe you've got a four in six chance. I got a five. Okay, so Brock starts heaving, struggling with all his might, his sinews bulging, but and he gets it like lifted up a little bit, but then it like clangs back to the floor. I'm going to have to let the missus show me up, you know. 
Yeah, if you want to laugh. Obviously, you've already had your go, but anyone else can have a go as well. I'll look over at Lan. She, uh, she like, leans a sword up against one of the uh, tombs and, like, gives it the old... As she walks over. Yeah, let's give it a go. Oh! I presume that's a fail. Rolled. Yeah, just rolled off of a one and went okay. on a three. Again, she tries to heave it up. Again, she manages to lift it by like a couple of inches, but it clangs back down. Yeah, she had a two in six. You, you think, even if you can't lift it, you could probably like batter your way through it, but that mm. would like take some time and it would be very loud. Yeah. Guess I might as well give it a go. <clears throat> you might have loosened it up. Why am I like cracks his neck as he like walks up? Yeah, cracks his neck as it goes like ah. Oh. <laughs> 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 it's not big enough to assist each other, is it? Really? No. I've got a two in two in six. So yeah, same as land. And you've made it, I believe. Yeah, I, and I've made it. <laughs> so why am I grabs hold of it? He like strains and lifts it up while he's doing that. Brock and Lan like go and get one of the lids off the one of the stone sarcophagus and basically like, wedge it underneath. Yeah, and so like, then assist him to it, it comes down a little bit, but it just like hits the stone and like stops. So it's now open. Yeah, so we'll make sure that that's securely in place so we can get in and out without any trouble. Jam it between the the iron spikes at the bottom sort of thing yeah, no I'm just going to draw a little red line here so we know that one's uh, shot <laughs> but yeah you secure this that that portcullis that you're at that's not a problem and you can now see into this small chamber with this these staircase heading down into the darkness right so um Holy Sword first or Brock first? I don't mind going first if you're sort of right behind shedding light. I don't mind. Mm. Fine. Yeah, we'll do that. So I'll I'll be right. I'll be second with the sun sword. Okay. And you begin to make your way down this staircase into the darkness of the tomb level below. And that is where we're going to draw a close to this evening's proceeding, guys. Thank you very much. I hope you enjoyed the session. Cool. Obviously, I'll work out XP and whatnot in a moment. But for now, it's yep. just me to thank my wonderful players. Uh, hopefully, how did you guys think the um, the slightly more manual method worked that we did this evening with the, like, the Albert Rodeo and whatnot? I know, I know it's not quite as flashy, but I think it's fine. Yeah, it works just yeah. fine. Yeah, once you know what your your roles are, it's, yeah. it's easy. Isn't it? How did you find so, it in terms of like rolling and like moving the maps? Because we didn't seem to have really any problems. No, no, I, I think that all worked out pretty fine. The only thing is like the um, like the rolling uh, your own sort of roll tray. That's all fine, but I. Th think one of the things that could be improved here is like just make the results bigger in yes the, yeah, yeah the side of the screen like yeah you almost want a chat box where <laughs> yeah. it shows them 
Yeah, yeah. You, you want something to highlight right. the result better than, well, it's not necessary, but that's the only improvement that I sort of figured out that um, it's fine for me because I can see the die, yeah. but I would want my result to be more visible yeah. than it is currently, but everything else, no problem. Lovely. Well, well, well and I hope you guys found the sort of semi point crawl style of like moving through the dungeon like okay obviously it wasn't like as strictly a point crawl as last time but we we also didn't do the like oh yeah you're moving like square yeah, yeah. by square sort of dealio yeah. Hmm. yeah i i found the uh sort of have a, a token to signify generally where we are doing our stuff i thought that worked perfectly fine yeah, yeah. Uh, and obviously you got to see my fancy schmancy map that i did on that um dungeon alchemist yeah yeah which is pretty pretty sweet piece of software. So, yeah. I'm uh, I shall knock up the like lower level of this uh, this dungeon mm -hmm. using a similar thing for for next time. Right. Well, thank you again, guys. I'm going to end the stream here. I'll say I'm happy to chat for a little bit and we'll sort out XP and whatnot. So, yeah. thank you very much, guys. Thank you to anyone who's watching this now or in the future. Hopefully, we'll catch you for the next one. Take care.